powered by the Perdomo Cigar Studios on the Black Stage in Indian Trail, North Carolina, and broadcasting from the Alec Bradley Lone Star Studios of Azel, Texas. Welcome to Primetime Special Edition 155. Tonight, it's our annual tradition as we cover the big game, and we welcome Jonathan Carney, Vice President of Sales for the Florida Minicana for our annual big game show. And as always, Primetime Special Edition is sponsored by Perdomo Cigars. Awarded Nicaraguan Cigar of the Year in 2014 by Cigar Journal, the Perdomo 20th Anniversary brand is consistent in the highest scores in the industry and is a top-selling humidor around the world. The Perdomo 20th Anniversary blend requires tobacco has been carefully hand-selected and a well-aged for a minimum of eight years. The Perdomo 20th Anniversary is offered in three distinct wrappers. A smooth, creamy Ecuadorian Connecticut, a rich, earthy Cuban seed Nicaraguan sun-grown, and a dark, oily Cuban seed Nicaraguan Maduro. Combine these beautifully bourbon barrels wrappers with thick, high-priming binder and fill of tobaccos because each blend a balanced complexity with layers of rich flavors and smooth, elegant aromas. Perdomo Scott is a family-owned and operated company headquartered in Miami, Florida, manufacturing and agricultural facilities in Esteli, Nicaragua. Perdomo's highly acclaimed cigar brands include the Perdomo 30th Anniversary, Perdomo Double H 12-Year Vintage, Perdomo 20th Anniversary, Perdomo Reserve 10th Anniversary Line, Perdomo Alano Bourbon Barrels, Perdomo Lot 23, Perdomo Menso 70, and many more. For great tasting notes and pairing information, check out the Perdomo website at www.perdomocigars.com. And we want to mention JRE Tobacco. The authentic Corojo leaf is one of the most robust and flavorful tobacco leaves out there. During the golden age of cigars in Cuba, it was a leaf of choice to make some of the world's greatest cigars. Because it's one of the most challenging ones to cultivate, it fell out of favor by the 1990s. In the Hamistrang Valley in Honduras, Julio Aroa took on the challenge of growing Corojo from the original seeds. And in 2000, he successfully reintroduced authentic Corojo back to the market. With over 50 years' experience in the tobacco business, growing and, growing and curing tobacco to cigar production, the Jerry Tobacco Farm has been able to continue to deliver the products to market with authentic Corojo. Now with Jerry Tobacco, who does so brought their very own brand to market, and he contained that authentic Corojo leaf. Aladino is available in a wide variety of blends, including the latest release, the Aladino Sumatra. Each represent the golden age of cigars from 1947 to 1961. They're available at your local retailer. Be sure to ask for Jerry Tobacco, a legacy that is tasted in every drawer. And of course, we want to mention Tobacco Air USA, makers of iconic brands such as Monte Cristo, Romeo Julieta, H. Upman, and Aging Room Cigars. Tobacco Air USA, great things are happening here. And finally, we want to mention Drew Estate. Dark, bold, and unapologetic black and cigars M81 by Drew Estate is an intense journey into the uncharted, deepest, darkest, and heaviest depths of Maduro tobacco. This is a masterpiece collaboration between Metallica's James Hetfield, Sweet Amber Distilling's Rob Dietrich, and Drew Estate's Jonathan Drew. The all Maduro black and cigars M81 by Drew Estate is rich and powerful, but beautifully balanced, often tantalizing notes of leather, chocolate, and espresso. That's perfect for both life celebrations and times of reflection. You can find them at your Drew Diplomat retailer. And remember, all the live streaming for the Primetime Network of Shows, as well as the California Studios for the Primetime Show, sponsored exclusively by Drew Estate. Well, welcome, everybody. This is Primetime Special Edition 155. Today is Tuesday, January 30th, 2024. This is Will Cooper. I am in the Perdomo Square Studios here on the Black Stage. And as always, I'm joined by my... Good friend, colleague, and, bro- and brother. I'm going to say brother. My, my brother uh, from another mother, Mr. Bear Duplissy. Coop, 
Happy Tuesday. Happy uh, Super Bowl week before the week eve or something like that. I don't know. I'm really excited. Um, even though I said the dreaded two words you're not supposed to say on the show, but that's fine. Um, it does, well, we could say it. We just don't want to say it's a Super Bowl show. Is it a that's big true. game show? Yeah. It's a big game show. Yeah. It's a big game show. Yeah. But I'm I'm looking forward to this. I'm so excited uh, to be here. And it's only taken, like, I mean, we've known each other for seven years now. It's only taken you nearly a decade to call me your brother. So I, I appreciate it. It was, you know what? It was long overdue. I, I was actually thinking about that today. Uh, you know, we've just had some real good bonding moments, I think, in the last few weeks, so a few months, too. So, absolutely, I think we go – I think the, our whole team is brothers from another mother here. Just this team that we have uh, with the coalition here, it's 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 unbelievable. Um, and, uh, you know, I think the last few weeks I've really appreciated you guys a lot more. When You know, when there's outside, when there's outside people trying to take us down, um, it's amazing how we all just get together here, so – um and got you, it's got you yeah. back, oh, no i know and it's it's not taken for granted here so but on a, on a positive end you know bear um we're going to introduce our guests and say this thing has been next year's gonna be the 10th year we the 10th 10 years since we've done this uh we mm-hmm. I, we missed one show in 2017 because that was when the transition from stogie geeks was happening so I was in the process of, of setting up the whole Coop primetime thing in 2017. But we started this in 2016. We brought it back in 2018. And, we, you know, it's, it's become, you know, not, you know, we just love doing this show. Our, our audience really appreciates it. We've had some amazing times on this show. And like I said, next year is going to be a decade. So it's hard, it's hard to believe that, Bear. I know you've been yeah. here for seven of the years, but yeah. Yeah, I mean it's it's crazy. I was I was just even remarking to you today too. I was just like, man, this I I, I fucking love doing the show. It's yeah, so much fun. It, it, it is, and yeah. and what's funny is I think I messaged you know John, our guest, in a second. Um, I messaged him I think Christmas week, and I'm like, this thing's coming up. I mean, it just it sneaks up every year, yeah. and I'm like, this thing's coming up fast. I got to make sure we get this like dates. And normally we do it the second week. I'm lucky we, we and John couldn't do the second week, so I'm lucky we were able to do the first week. And you wouldn't have been able to do the second week either. Yeah. So so I'm glad we were able to get this one in tonight. Yeah, no, it's it's definitely uh it's definitely a bonus, yeah. Huge yeah. Uh, huge bonus. It wouldn't feel it wouldn't feel like the big game show if we didn't have our guest on. No, no. I mean this guy is as knowledgeable as any pundit, any talking head on, on TV, if not more. He's made some incredible. I mean, he was the one who predicted Cam Newton was going to the Patriots before anyone said it. Like, he said it on this show. Um, he did say it on the show. Yep, he yeah, did say it on the show. And and believe me, no one else was talking about it. So, so Bear, I'm gonna have you do the introductions tonight because I think I did the last one. Um, well, it's uh, it's definitely it's definitely my honor. So, uh, so without further ado, uh, this is our this is Coop and I seventh. Uh, big game show together and like i said before it wouldn't be a big game show without this guest of honor so please welcome put your hands together put your hands in the air like you just don't care yes do it okay the vice president of sales from the florida minicon mr john carney john welcome back to prime time <clears throat> gentlemen thank you for having me i i have a couple things i want to talk about real quick just to get things started Cause a couple of problems. First of all, this is our this is our ninth year doing the big game show together. Have I been involved we, in it each time? 2016 was the first year, so we missed wow. 2017. 
because that's when I was moving from Stogie Geeks to Coop. So yeah. I did not have the show set up yet. And we've done every year since 2018. So that that's, is eight out of nine years. Six, eight out of nine years. It's kind of crazy. Uh, Coop and I were reminiscing a little bit before he came on, Bear, about like different uh, – I'm, I'm in a hotel right now, and I can't smoke, and there's not really anywhere that I can smoke. <clears throat> and I won't get into technically where I'm at. Um, just in case somebody's watching and I may not see them, who knows? Uh, but I'm in a hotel in a very prominent city and I'm just not going to smoke in here, but we were reminiscing about the time I was in San Antonio and I can't remember what Super Bowl was, but I was smoking in the hotel room Yeah, because I had a suite. Yeah. You started yeah. not smoking and then you're like, fuck it. I'm going to like, I'm going to light <laughs> I'm up. Gonna smoke, smoke. Yeah. 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 And then, Fantastic. And then we had, then we had the one when the Super Bowl was in Houston and I was in the back of my sales rep's car, and I had an LFD tablecloth behind me as my backdrop, and we did it from the mm-hmm. car, and it was pouring rain outside. And that was the one before you, That was the one before you, yeah. yeah. No, I still remember the show, yeah. though. It was epic. Yeah. That was 2016. Yep. Well, it was a riot. And then last year, I was at home in Orlando with it, I believe. But I said we were reminiscing over that stuff. Uh, so it's it's man, it's crazy. How huh? when you think about that, like just just uh, you know, I mean, this is it's really become a tradition. Uh, not just a, I mean, at this point, it's it's a necessity. It's not a tradition. Yeah, it's uh, it's a it's a religious gathering. Yep. So yeah. I can't smoke, but I'll be eating peanut M and M's, and I have a little <laughs> bit of wine here, and I have some cashews, so I'll be yeah. uh, partaking in those. Yeah, so, yeah, you know, and, and here's the thing. I I normally don't like to brag about this, but I think we brought this. We brought the whole um, sports kind of pregame thing into the cigar shows back when we di- we started this. Now I know 100%. guys like Matt Tobacco have done half t- live halftime shows and stuff, and they've gone to different well, levels. Well, that was that was my idea. But I was, your, I was gonna say it was actually your idea. <laughs> but, and, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So it started. It stemmed from this, really. I, I don't I'm sure there was other people talking about other things, I'm sure, whatever. I'm not gonna try to state claims to anything, but I'm going to. We're gonna put the flag down. We did it first. It's our thing. That's yep. it. And yep. if you if you disagree, you know, that's that's you know, that's your opinion. All right. So my second thing is this is no I'm not trying to I'm not trying to beat down on an advertiser or anything like that. All I wanna know is do you think that Drew Estate will sponsor me? They sponsor everything else. Will they sponsor me personally? I mean, it's worth an ask. I mean, you got if you. No, it's just, worth an ask. Right? This industry right? is all about relationships, John. You yeah. just have to make the most of them. Yeah, I'm thinking maybe they'll sponsor me, and I can get them to pay for me to go to the trade show. Would be epic. That would be awesome. And I'll every every meeting I have, I'll sit down and I'll be like, "This meeting was brought to you by Drew Estate, the rebirth of cigars. Um, what would you like to order from LFD today?" Um, well, I was just thinking that they were. Probably, way, it's not a bad strategy. Spot- if they sponsored you, that you could at least get probably get paid back for the king's ransom that you spent uh, overnighting the cigars to us tonight. So. <laughs> yeah, the I, funny I just... thing was when the over over the overnighting of the cigars. I won't tell you what the dollar value was, but it was more than I don't want to know the actual the <laughs> actual value of the, the like the 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 wholesale value of it. <laughs> and by the way, I told UPS because when you go to a UPS store, you can't ship tobacco products. They asked me what was in the boxes, and I said, "Oh, they're football-shaped pens." <laughs> yeah, you can't do it from the UPS store, but you can do it. I mean, that's, that's a weird thing. Yeah. yeah, you can ship from an actual UPS ship center as long as you have a tobacco license or whatever. And yeah. they don't check it, 
anyway, they're not checking that stuff, but um, but that but that was interesting. So anyway, they asked what the declared value was, and I was like, oh, it's a hundred bucks. And I know the girl's looking at me and like, all right, you spent like a hundred and twenty to ship this. So I just told the value, but you spent a hundred twenty to ship this, and it's only worth a hundred bucks. I'm like, well, they're just like samples. They're really nice samples. So and I, I right. have to get them to important people. Very, Man, I'm, none right. of your business. Come on. Third. Yeah. Yeah, no. And, Who's and trying look, to take you down? Who who do I need to be talking to? Who's trying to take you down? We'll talk. Are we not naming names anymore? Okay. okay. We'll, we'll, we'll I mean, if I need line. to bring the muscle, we'll, I'll bring the muscle. We'll, we'll, yeah, we'll definitely talk offline. Uh, a death penalty has been issued. Uh, let's put it like that <laughs> from coverage. All so. I can tell you is whoever's talking, I'm so big, you can't see the ear pods in my ears. Yeah. They need yep. to watch out. No, that's true. I think one right. year I like ragged on you, right? It was like I think I said, "Hey, man, he's out of shape or something like that," right? And like right after that, you went into like a like a big like regimen of like like working out. That was probably like twenty seventeen. I think I called you Uncle Fester, didn't I? Call you like Uncle Fester? Or you something did, like you that? did, because there was a picture that was taken, yeah, in like twenty fourteen or fifteen or whatever, right? <laughs> and uh, we were in Washington D.C., which is actually where I'm at right now, right and. And there was a picture that was taken of me and one of my reps, and my rep looked kind of like large, and I looked like Uncle Fester. And that was why the picture was taken. It was Ed. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, it was Ed Bulls. Yeah. So from that point forward, that did change. I'm running a little bigger right now than I'd like to. I was in pounding M&Ms. But I think I'm in an intimidating part of my my, my life path. All right, fourth, on to the show. I'm happy to be here. Thank you so much. as I said, it's become not just a tradition, it's kind of a religious gathering. Yeah. And uh, very honored to be here, and we got a lot of fun stuff to talk about tonight, so thank you for having me. That's my that's my introduction. No, 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 no problem at all. So, um, you know, normally what we do tonight um, is we, we have what's called, like, what bear is going to smoke, but we, we pretty much have pigeonholed what we're going to smoke tonight. Um, so, I know we're just talking about it, so, uh, correct, right, you're smoking... This is what you're. Oh, are we doing a ritual for your second cigar? Or what? I just want to make sure. No, we're doing. No, we're. I mean, there's no ritual tonight. I mean, it's just. Yeah, I mean, we're. Did you hear what John just said about how he got to the cigars to us? There's no yeah. way I'm not smoking this thing. <laughs> okay, so we are smoking uh, the La Florida Minicana Special Football Edition 2024, uh, made for um, the state of Nevada, Las Vegas. Um, the cigar is here. Um, you know, I was telling John before the show, like Dave Burke from Jukebox, I always send him some of these. It's, he just always appreciates this cigar. It's a, and I think we always appreciate it too. Um, I enjoy smoking them. I enjoy aging them even more. Right. I think I've had a lot of fun a- aging these cigars and, you know, I'll let John get into it, but this year, look at it. I love it. Look at the Look at this thing. And it's got just the artisanship. The uh, look at the foot on this thing that 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 bevel and angle foot, um, it's just beautiful. So, um, John, I'll let you take it away. Tell us about this cigar. There's a lot of fun things about this. It's kind of a combination of some of the successful, uh, successful aspects of the release of this cigar in the last like nine years, and, um. I always start this because there was like a online thing 
years back that I didn't give the people credit who came up with the idea. Uh, we were sitting in Arizona at a shop. It was, uh, his name was Joe. It was the, the cigar shop at the time. Does anybody remember the name of the cigar shop? Baxter's. Oh, yeah. So Joe at Baxter's and I were sitting down talking about it. And we're trying to find a way to build something around uh, the Super Bowl out in Arizona. So we came up with this idea that we produced a cigar. And it's become a you know a little beast of its own. And we're not the first people to make a football-themed or any type of sports-themed cigar. But we're the first to focus it around a celebratory event like the end of a professional football season. So, by the way, you guys can't hear me chewing the M&Ms, can you? We did just now. But I think we hit a little bit. It was like... It wasn't like terrible, but yet it was a little bit that came out with that. It's a blue M M&M and M. It's delicious. Uh, so the cigar is really a culmination of kind of the best aspects of the last eight nine years on these cigars. You you notice it's got the slanted foot at the end, yep, uh, which pays homage to the uh, to more uh, to not say direct things. Pays homage to trophies that may or may not be given to winning a sporting event. Um, you notice the barber pole feature on it. Obviously, has a football. Yeah, uh, it's almost a kind of. It, it's not. It's not really. But if you look at it, it's almost kind of tapered at the end. Yes. Um. Yeah. Slightly, so it's yeah. got a little more bulbous. It's slightly tapered, and yep. so you're looking at a 58 to 60 ring gauge cigar. Yep. Uh, beautiful angled foot at the end. Great artisanship on it, and the football. And uh, traditionally, as I said, this blend uses Ecuadorian Habano wrapper, Dominican binder and fillers grown on our farm. And it's made to be a blend that's going to taste different year to year, but utilizing similar tobaccos. Um, and then this is also uh, the second, I believe this is the second largest size we've done. Uh, we've done we've done a 60 ring gauge before, which is box press when we were in Atlanta. And uh, so this will be the second largest size we've done in terms of ring gauge and the third largest size, I believe, in terms of length. Uh, so I'm really fired up about it. I I've, I have smoked one. I taught, I mentioned earlier that I haven't, haven't smoked many of them. I have smoked one. I was planning on smoking one tonight, but I'm inside a hotel room, which is no big deal because I didn't want a lot of chaos going around me. The, However, I was going to. Yeah, yeah, and, you know, so I was going to open this box and kind of, I will grab a cigar a little bit early, later, a little bit later and chew on a bit but i did have this box here to um to open up but i put it in my bag today when i traveled and the retail shop that i shipped these to for myself i was showing the owner kind of how to develop a website uh, they have a website i was showing them how to do a you know e-commerce section because I've become kind of an expert on website design recently in the last few years. And I put a box of them on his website and he sold it. <laughs> not him personally. Someone found it. And I'm not <laughs> going to say who it is or who the website was, but um, it wasn't intended for that. So I, I'm about to take off this morning. And I take off. I get the phone call and it's the shop owner and he's like hey man he's like i need a box of football cigars so i can't answer the phone because i'm about to take off and i don't want to I, for anybody that follows me on facebook i had a recent run-in with delta uh, flight attendants so i don't really question anything because i still want to be able to fly an aircraft right but the i'm so i text him I'm like hey dude i'm just taking off i'm like what's going on he's like i need a box of football cigars i'm like why and he's like i sold one on the website i'm like how 
He's like, I just got this email about it. I was like, well, I told you it was going to work, but that was just kind of an example. So I said, don't worry. I've got the box with me. I won't open it up. I'll ship it out. No big deal. Just give me the address of the person. So now I can't even open this box because it's going to be going to a uh, an owner uh, uh. in the Northeast that purchased it. So, so this is shipping. This box right here is shipping to someone tomorrow from UPS in that beautiful green package that you guys received yours in as well. But I'm really fired up, but I really like the blend. I like the size on it. Um, the celebratory aspect of it is, is, is excellent. And uh, it says it's become something really special. It's become something big, real popular. Nevada is a smaller state in regards to retail operations. It seems like it's a crazy cigar smoking state simply because of Las Vegas, which it is. But when you're dealing with Las Vegas, you're dealing with a lot of contracts in casinos where they have, you know, purchasing agreements with different retail, uh, sorry, different uh, manufacturers, different wholesale uh, entities. So it's not a massive distribution of these cigars. So we, we've made 500 boxes this year. It's um, it's not our smallest year, but it's not our biggest year. Um, you know, so it's in the lower half of the production that we've done in this. So there should be some scarcity with it and it should be, you know, this should be a really collectible item just because I said the scarcity level of it. Yeah, and you know, the significance of this release is also this is significant for you guys because this is the tenth release of the special football edition. There you go. So it actually started in two thousand fifteen with the Arizona Super Bowl. Uh with the Is that twenty fifteen or twenty fourteen? Um, the game was in 2015. Yep. Yeah, so, but it was the 2014 season. And yeah, so it is the 10th year. Yep, then it went to California. Texas was the 3rd and 17. Minnesota in 18. Georgia in 19. Then the two Florida Super Bowls in 20 and 21, Tampa and Miami. California again, 22. Arizona again last year. And now Nevada this year. So that's 10. Yeah, it's things like that. When you get into yearly releases of a product, it's amazing to me how how anyone could keep track of it outside of, of media, to be honest with you. Which is I, I don't think I don't think media like you all realize how much we actually depend on what you do to help us do what we do. I can't tell you the amount of times I haven't jumped on Cigar Coop, Half Wheel, Cigar Aficionado, different outlets like that. If I left you out, it doesn't mean that I don't look it up, but you right. guys have been doing it the longest um, in regards, to, especially in regards to online sides of it. I can't tell you how many times I've jumped on something to like look something up. Uh, you know, I, I to, to Half Wheel's credit their lineup the way they do their photography on limited releases yearly releases is epic i jump on their website regularly to to look at the number of cigars that are lined up and it's the same thing with with you Coop. i i look up uh, you know i you and i talked about some things that i was putting on uh, the website for our media section right and it's like hey you know what I, I know we reviewed this i know you talked about this i know we've talked about this before it's kind of the conversation and you guys are dialed in on it, and it really does help us. And as I said, I don't think you realize how much this side of the industry looks at what you all do and kind of aids and what we're doing to keep our heads on straight. Uh, because, because I said, this is 10, we're looking at 10 years now. I, you know, there's, there's projects that go on multiple times a year that are 
that are limited releases that are going, you know, 20, you're looking 20, 15, 30 cigars. Um, so it's crazy to keep a, keep track of that kind of stuff. And it's a 10 year, I mean, it goes by like this. Instead yeah. of when we started to so talk about reminiscing on like areas that we did the show is just wild. Yeah. It, it's amazing. Like I said, that California Super Bowl, which was the second release, um, we started this show because I was with Stogie Geeks and Positor, and who was my partner. It looked like it was going to be a Carol, Carolina, New England Super Bowl. And he was from New England. I'm from Carolina. And we had this idea, hey, let's try to do a show. And then Denver kind of spoiled the whole thing is what happened, right? Uh, so Denver ended up winning, winning the and – and then they just spanked Carolina in the Super Bowl, which was okay with me. I, I'm not really a Panthers fan. That's how it started. It's kind of unfortunate, though. That game, that game was um, Carolina was so good that year. Was, was, Christian McCaffrey wasn't on that team, was he? No, no, he was not on yet. You know what made me think about that though was I read the statistic today. We were talking about Christian McCaffrey's 2017 season, which makes us look back to how long ago we started doing this, right? Yep. Was they were talking about how he had like 1,300 rushing yards, 1,000 receiving yards and whatnot. And it was like in 2017, and I was like, you know who was throwing that guy the ball? It was Cam Newton. I mean, that yep. team was so good, and it was really good before. In in his absolute prime, it's kind of amazing that they didn't win a Super Bowl. And the main reason why is because that, that Denver Broncos defense was ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was absurdly good. Yeah, it was uh I agree. I mean that was uh and Cam Newton had an incredible year that year. And mm-hmm. they had, you know, they had Well, he was the MVP. He was the MVP. Derek Anderson was their backup, who was a really good backup um for the Panthers. Um, you know, Greg Olson was on that team. Uh our, the running back was Jonathan Stewart. Fozzie Whitaker was kind of like this role playing running back who people liked the name and um yeah, so it uh, it, like I said, it it was interesting being uh in, but like I think the funny thing is when they Carolina fans still don't believe they lost that game, like they just thought you know there's they can't they still not over it I think, because it was just like they thought they were gonna beat that Denver team, you know they thought Peyton Manning was was done you know, well he was done, and and the defense was just that good and they were I remember that game they were all over. All over Cam Newton. Oh yeah, and it really changed the uh, projection of that team going forward. It really, yeah. you know, it was a big letdown. Um, you know, you look at you look at the Falcons when they played the Patriots and up twenty eight three lose. I mean, that team's never been the same. Uh, it, you know, going in and losing games when you're at such a high level of of excitement. You know, you you go in, you got a young team. Cam's the guy, MVP. They go in. It's really it's hard to come back to that. So it's really going in and losing and yeah. then coming back is is the most impressive thing. And that's what that's what makes like the Patriots and honestly the Chiefs, you know, you look at that, that's what makes those kind of impressive. Yeah, they've won some, but they've also lost some. And then they came back and won them again. Fortunately, you know, the Patriots only lost a couple. But you go back and look at teams, the most impressive thing to me, period, other than what the Patriots did over you know, an 18, 19 year period was the Bills making the freaking Super Bowl four years in a row, not winning one. I mean, the mental beatdown that it takes to go that far and then lose, teams yeah. don't come back from that. And generally, it changes them, let alone come back four yeah. 
freaking times. That to me is one of the most impressive things in the NFL that I've ever yeah. that I've ever witnessed. The only time the Bills got close in that run was that Giants game. Right? That was the one that they let get away. No, those, all those games they were I never just... in those games. We no, never I disagree. The The last one was a lot closer than the, the score, obviously, was the closest in the first game against the Giants. But the last Bill Super Bowl in that uh, in that four year run was a lot better, was a lot better game. Well, a lot better, a lot better coached, a lot better played, a lot better game. It was just the score wasn't as close. See, I don't know. I, I thought that like I still think Super Bowl 25 was the greatest Super Bowl ever played. You know, even even over those two Patriot ones. I still put that twenty-five game was was the best game ever, and there was a lot going on in the world while that game. Like we were just about to go to war with Iraq when that happened too. So it was a it was a big deal. No, no, it certainly was. Really, you think it was the greatest Super Bowl? I absolutely. Uh, you, you know, if you like, most of the people who live in New York feel of the three of not counting the first one where they just spanked the Broncos. The, the the three the other three giant Super Bowls most will rank Super Bowl twenty five because of everything that was going on in the world that year. Okay. It was uh it was a very emotional thing uh because we were we were about to go to war with Iraq and it was really the first major war we were going into since Vietnam. You know there was a whole that was the whole Whitney Houston performance that night. Uh, so okay. I know you're saying game wise it was a very good game, but the whole atmosphere made that the greatest Super Bowl. Okay. 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 I think you just I think you just qualified it because I was like, what the fuck does it have to do with football? Um, what, what is what does the Persian Gulf and Whitney Houston have to do? I'm with just football? saying it was a you know it was a very yeah. It was, I think it you was just a... qualified it at the end. I think you finally fucking saved yourself. But I was like, I'm sitting here listening to your argument. The game was a great game. There's the going. Game on, there's a... a lot going on in the world. That made the football so much better. The game was a great game. You, you can't argue that that was no, incredible. It was. It absolutely was. It absolutely yeah, was. We, um, <laughs> but you lost me. You lost it's, a great argue, it's a great argument, though, like that you're making fair. Is that the same thing? I was like, all right, it was the greatest Super Bowl because all the things that were going on. Right, so what does that, what does that, that have to, go, what does that have to do with the game? Now, you know, like, oh, yeah, we're about to go to war with Iraq. Yeah, you know, hey, we've we've about to go. We've almost been to, at war with yeah. Iraq and everyone else in the Middle East almost every Super Bowl. So, so Bear, that last Super Bowl that the Bills were in, the fourth one they lost, they got killed. It was 30-15 they lost. No, but this, like I said, they got, they got, there was a late score in the, and there was a late, there was a late touchdown by the Cowboys in the last, in the last quarter then, but the, the for three and a half quarters, that was a really fucking close game. Uh, Yeah, they put 24 points. The, like, the Bills were up at halftime 13 to 6. You're right. I'm looking at that. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So, uh. But, you know, um, what I like to do to start this off is kind of we each have our favorite teams. Um, and I want to give a recap of just some events. So I want to start, of course, with our guests, right? Um, because I think what we saw this year in New England was, was historic. And we're about to see a new, a whole new chapter. But it is the end of the Bill Belichick, era, which I didn't think was going to happen this year. I thought they were going to give him another year. But it is the end, John. You know what's interesting about that? I was, I wasn't shocked that he was that he moved on, um, or the team moved on mutually. I mean, there was there was language obviously in Gerard Mayo's contract that he was going to become a coach uh, when Belichick left. the The thing 
so so anyway, when it happened, I wasn't shocked. And by the way, it also was talked about for like eight weeks because the team was bad. Yeah. Um, which I mean, not just they were just bad. I mean, we're two, we were two years ago that uh, you know I don't want a ton of players don't participate in the Pro Bowl, but like Matt Jones was Rookie of the Year in Pro Bowl. Yes, I mean, talk about falling off a cliff, and whether it's leadership, his attitude. I mean, I liked, you know, I'd never heard one thing about Mac Jones' attitude until he got to New England and things went bad. By the way, everyone's attitude sucked, and the team sucked. So, like, when things are going bad, everything sucks. Yep. So yep. I don't necessarily well, think that's a judgment on Mac Jones. I don't necessarily think that's, you know, uh, you know, a pro to him. Uh, you know, a pro. I don't think that's a con against him. I don't think it's a pro towards him. Where they suck too. Maybe he does suck in the NFL. I don't know, but I never heard nobody heard any. Everyone, th- everyone thought he was can't until miss until a year and a half ago. Yeah, and everyone yeah. thought he was can't miss. To be yeah. fair, you know, weaker yeah. arm, this and that. So Chad Penzian had a weaker arm too. Too, yeah. he was he was a really good player. Yeah. Um, so it was kind of shocking. And obviously, the culture change and things there, uh, the league changed. And whenever you, whenever you take out a really dynamic player, or a really dynamic situation. When you there's a vacuum that goes in there, you know what I mean. Like, if Bear were to leave this show, there'd be a vacuum coop. You'd kind of suck for a bit, you know. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. No, thank no you, doubt, John. no doubt. You're welcome, Bear. Uh, no, 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 but no, no, no. But there's a vacuum whenever you take anybody out of something that's got a long term. Things change. Yeah. Um, you know, if you know, if I were to leave LFD, there would be a vacuum behind me. I'm not saying I'm the most important thing and nothing would, you know, I'm not saying the company wouldn't exist without me, but there would be a vacuum. Yeah, you know, there's things that happen that, that after a period of time, when you do something a certain way, there's relationships that's met. And then on top of it, in the NFL, you can really judge success on a statistical level winning. And as of right now, there's nobody that is, is statistically as successful or has won as much as Tom Brady and that team did. So you remove him from the equation. He goes and wins somewhere else, right? And by yeah. the way, we just proved this year in Baker Mayfield that one, Baker Mayfield's not a dud. And two, that Bucks team is pretty decent. You know, they're not a terrible team. They were, um, I, I didn't think they were a terrible team at all this year. I thought they – No, they were good. They saved – Baker Mayfield saved his career on that. I, so you, I, you I actually tell vacuum. people to co- they would cover, and they just missed. But I thought they were going to cover yeah. that game, yeah. But you got that vacuum with him leaving, and there's no way to fill that. It just doesn't work. So there's only a couple solutions, right? You get rid of all the players. Uh, you can't really necessarily do that. They've tried, and that's why they have so much cap space, right? They got a, a, a key group of people, but they're going to have to sign a lot of new players. Or you get rid of the coach and then try to change the culture, and you keep a little bit of it because the ownership's not going anywhere. The ownership could sell if they want, but the they, crafts have no interest in that. So they're not selling the team. They can't fire all the players. You can fire most of them, but you can't fire all of them. So the only thing to do is change the culture. And to change the culture, you got to get rid of the guy that built the culture. And he built it with Brady. And it was a fortunate situation where we had a great coach and you had a great player. And uh, you you combined for a lot of greatness. So, you know, it – it's tough to look at that, but it wasn't shocking to me because the way I look at it is the where they were at, there was only they needed a culture change. And I, I don't, by the way, I don't think they needed one. They felt like they did. Right. Um, and by the way, this is nothing against him. He's not, you know, he's not a young guy. You know, he's the second, I think he's the second oldest coach, right. or the oldest coach. I think Pete Carroll's older than him. So it's not well, like he he, by the way, Pete, well, Pete Carroll looks about 20 years younger than him, though. Um, but he Pete didn't Carroll tell me to get fired. Up, yeah. they, just gave a, they gave him another job. 
in the they, organization. They That's kind of discussion. They yeah, they kind of forced his hand. <laughs> but uh, but anyway, he's a piece so of so shit. You know, That's fine. So they felt yeah. like yeah, yeah, yeah. They felt like they had to change the you know change the culture, and the only way to do that is to to bring in another coach and change the way that things worked and. That's what happened with Mayo. And I will say one thing. I, I've always had a high regard for, for Mayo, but I will say some of his press conferences have been a little, in my opinion, a little lackluster. And I, you know. Yep. It's definitely a different a different culture. And this has nothing. People could say, oh, it's because he's black. This, no, no, no. Nothing to do with that. No. He's just a you different said it yourself, guy. Though. You said it yourself, John. It's a vacuum, though. Like, things are going to feel different. Things are, because yeah. things are different. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. it's going to be yeah, a different yeah. culture. And but and it, he's still cut from that same cloth, which is interesting. At the same time, yeah. Well, Jared, yeah. I, I think I think Gerard May is probably the. I mean, he's he's Bill Belichick, Bill Belichick's favorite player that's ever coached. I mean, I think he's. I think Belichick's like the godfather to his kids, and yeah, they, just, they've always called him. I mean, there's there's interviews you can watch where they call him like Gerard Belichick and stuff like that. I mean, Brady, all the guys. No, it's really interesting. So, no, I think it's going to be great. The reason I bring up that lackluster is as a fan, you're like, oh, this is different. That's why I bring it up. This is different. And that's mm-hmm. what's going to happen. It's going to be a very big culture change. And I think it's going to be a good thing for him. I think Belichick could have done some things, but he's kind of – The thing that's shocking to me was I saw this um, odds line, and it was something like, 1600 to one or something like that, that he gets signed by another team. I, I wasn't surprised he didn't get a job. I, I'm shocked. I wasn't surprised because of the control he was going to want. And I like everyone was saying the Giants when we got to the that was never going to happen because the Giants are never going to give Belichick any coach that type of power. And when I saw him going with Atlanta, and I follow, you know, I sort of follow the Falcons. I'm not far from them. Arthur Blank's the same type of owner. He does not. I don't think he was willing to give Belichick that type of power, nor are a lot of owners willing to do that anymore. And I think that's why he's not coaching. If he maybe would say, "Hey, I'll just coach," and you know, I'll work with a player personnel guy, that might have been another story. Yeah, I agree. I, I think another one is I don't think the Falcons were ever going to be a good fit for him. By the way, there's still job opportunities out there. It's just I'm surprised it didn't happen quicker. I, I mean, I was at the Washington. Seattle, Seattle's still open, right? Could you imagine him In working yeah. for the Seahawks and having Pete Carroll be like his advisor? <laughs> well, there there would be no there would be no advising from Pete Carroll. He would, Pete Carroll's just kept, and, Pete and Carroll's the guy, the guy who he replaced Pete Carroll, repl- like, who replaced Pete Carroll in New England, which is even funnier. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I, I also thought that was kind of surprising, which I, I don't think McCarthy deserved to get fired. Because the Cowboys, no, I didn't either. Despite season. what, despite what, Alan I, I like to said. see that. Like, yeah, when they have when you have a twelve and five season, and you're like one or two in in your freaking conference uh, conference, and I mean. What else do you want? You get to the playoffs and you lose because different things happen. And you can't just go out and fire your coach and restart every time. Like, how much better do you expect to do? Same thing with Campbell in in Detroit. People are like, oh, bad coaching. This is that. That's the first time they've been in that situation in like oh, freaking shit. thirty-one years. Oh shit! Thank you. He went Thank like you. they had the, I, one of the I worst made the records. Point. Then went now, nine and seven. 
And yeah. then they go 12 and 5 and almost make it to the and make it to the NFC Championship game. And like Dan Campbell off of his head. I mean, what, what do you want to start over again at 0 and, 0 and 18? You, you know, Dan Campbell, in my opinion, the one thing, and this is where I don't think LaFleur, like I know I'm doing a lot of LaFleur comparisons, right? Tons of uh, LaFleur. LFD, baby. Okay, but Dan Campbell was oh. a culture changer. He changed the culture in Detroit. 100%. Matt LaFleur didn't do anything to change the culture in Green Bay, right? So I think what no. Dan Campbell's done has been infinitely more valuable. But because really, he, whoa, 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 whoa. Let's, there, there is no comparison, Coop. Matt LaFleur didn't have to change the culture in Green Bay because the culture wasn't the problem. The Lions yeah. had a losing culture. It had to change. Dan it Campbell had, had to do yeah. that. No, and I agree. And and he did what no one else has been able to do for 30 years. Right? I know. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, so, like, give all the credit in the world to Dan Campbell. But why are you comparing him to Matt LaFleur? Because he Green blew. Bay, Green because Bay, but Green Bay he, didn't have a losing culture. But he like, lost. Matt LaFleur lost to the Niners three times. Yeah, yeah. Doesn't I think get, the comparison, that's not a losing the culture. Though, comes to, they get to the same. They get to the similar. They get to similar areas. Yeah, that's and, what I'm saying. Like, and he said he didn't have to – LaFleur didn't – you know, criticism aside, he didn't have to deal with culture change because there's a winning culture. Yeah. It, it, so, like, you know, Campbell, it sucked. And then now there's people like, oh, you did – you know, give what, me a break. Like, what are your expectations? He, he is not the best X's and O's coach. I will agree, like, with certain people. Like, Tom Lazuka has been saying it all year. Dan Campbell's he's a fiery guy. He's a, he's a positive guy. He changed the culture, but I agree. He is not the best X's and O's guy is what I've seen. So I, I Well, you know what? He's yeah. been there for two years. Let's bring back Matt Patricia and see what happens. Yeah, I mean you're right. No sure. doubt. You're, yeah, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. Let's yeah. bring back Petri Petri dish and see what happens. You know, yeah. like these people, they get there and then they're like, Oh, this that I mean, come on. Like you 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 were one game away from the Super Bowl. You're one of the top four teams in the NFL. After 31 years, is your expectation that, like, hey, we get a good team one year, we got a great team this year? My expectation, if I was a Detroit fan and being logical, would be, hey, you know what? Next year is the year. If we don't make the Super Bowl next year, then we got to consider what's going on for the next couple of years. Yeah. If we get yeah. to the NFC Championship again, again, then maybe you give it one more shot. Then after that, then we need to look at what we're doing. But, you know, so you weren't. To go from where they were at three seasons ago to now is just, I mean, complete turnaround. Yeah. So here's my question. Like, here's the question of the day. Now, Gerard Bayo is a different cat, cut from a different cloth. He was basically, I mean, I mean, hand nurtured by Belichick from his playing days all the way into his coaching days, right? Not basically, he was. But sincerely, though, and and I mean this with all respect, Karin, because I know you're a huge fan, and I don't like. But what? Why is he different? Why is he different than Why is he different than Weiss? Why is he different than McDaniel's? Why is he yeah, different than Patricia? That's a great nobody, question. Nobody can fucking coach out of New England. Like the the Belichick coaching tree is a fucking failure if there ever was one. Belichick's amazing. He's he's the greatest. He's the greatest of all time. Like I, I he's in that conversation if yeah. he's not the answer to that question. But they can't. None of his people can leave and do anything. So I. I've used this argument with players before. Belichick, so I use so Belichick's got the most wins and like the most losses, right? When you play a ton of games, you get that. I always used to say this about Brett Favre, and Brett Favre drives me up a wall. I've had this discussion before, not because he wasn't a great player, not and not because he cried fifteen times and retired twenty-seven times, right? While he was retiring, but 
you know, he threw a ton of touchdowns and he threw, he has the record for the most interceptions. So whenever you play to a certain amount or whenever you coach enough, you're going to have a lot of wins, you're going to have a lot of losses, or you're just going to have a lot of losses. The, the unique factor is the amount of wins Belichick has and he has a ton of losses. That means he's – but he exponentially has more. There's a lot of coaches that have a ton of losses because they just lost and they never got a chance to win because they either one couldn't or weren't given the opportunity. Belichick won a lot to get the opportunity to have losing games. Um, and you look at those situations. He also took different jobs. You know, he went from head coach to assistants to this to that, back and forth. And then he landed in the same place. Did you guys you guys know that Belichick was a coach at the Patriots prior to him being the head coach, correct? He was a he was with a linebackers coach. With Parcells. Yeah. Yeah, yeah with the Patriots from... one season. Yeah, he went yeah. he he went to Cleveland and then after Cleveland he went with Parcells for mm-hmm. a year. And then when Parcells went to the Jets, he followed him to the Jets for uh a short time. Now this is gonna be a roundabout way again what you said, Bear, but if you look at the coaching tree that came out of Cleveland and the Ravens when they moved, the coaches that came out of there are all time greats. You've got Belichick, Staben. Does anybody know the third? All right, Kirk Ferentz. He's the head coach. That's of right. Iowa. Yeah, Iowa. One yeah, the most successful coaches ever. He was defensive coordinator. All this stuff. Those three guys all coached together, and Kirk Ferentz is one of the most epic college coaches of all time. He's oh, a leader great. of men, and that's why I'm bringing this full circle. Ferentz is a guy who's like a leader of men, and he found a niche in Iowa and has been one of the most successful college football coaches in in college football history. And the big thing is. Times change, okay? Belichick's an incredible leader. He's a leader of men. You don't hear a lot of negative stuff about it from his team. You very rarely hear people bitch and moan about him. You've heard things that, oh, he's tough, he's this. But at the end of the day, you you hear about these unique stories. It's just a matter of resolve business. But how to lead men, especially in an athletic sense, in a professional sport, changes, right? Um, you know, how sensitive they may be. Now, the big thing was that I have a very close friend of mine that played for the Patriots for a year. And the big thing, and you, you listen to like Rob Nikovich on those types of things. You listen to to Danny Amendola has said this a few times. Tom Brady bought into what Belichick was selling. Belichick was their coach, but they played for Brady. Okay? Brady pitched and Brady was the Patriot way because of the connection he and Belichick had and the way he bought into what Belichick was doing. You take that out, the vacuum comes in. You put a young player in there who doesn't have a chip on his shoulder, who wins a national championship at Bama, who's got the pedigree. It just doesn't jive, right? So what you got to do is you got to get a guy in like Mayo who knows how to win younger. You know, I, I think I might be older than Mayo and, you bring this guy in, and he's just going to have a different level of connection. I don't know how that's going to translate, but I think that's what they're looking for, and it's a matter of how do you connect. All right, a kid coming to college is going to connect a whole lot easier with a 38-year-old guy who has multiple Super Bowls, played for the team, who was coached and you know brought up by the greatest coach of all time, right? There's going to be a lot of unique stuff to that. Whereas you go and you bring a young player in, you're like playing for the greatest coach of all time. It's kind of like stars in your eyes. And then also at the same time, you're like, dude, this guy's old, <laughs> right? Like 
he's passed it. He's done it. He's you know he's, he's lost his fastball, which yep. I don't think he has. But when the culture is built around all being Belichick, the whole culture was him, and the culture was led by Brady. You take it out, and it's all him. He doesn't have that leadership level in there where someone's taken over for it. And then you lose other players. You know, McCourty, reti- uh, McCourty retires and you lose these things. So, you know, it just changes. So I think they're bringing in, you know, a new culture. And uh, it's just a different way for these players to connect with the coach. And I think it's a good move. But I'm shocked that nobody else brought Bob Belichick in. I think you're right, Coop. I think it's because he wants to control it all. And I think the teams get, hey, you can't control it all. Nobody should because there's got to be multiple ways for people to talk to. Uh, you know, there's got to be other people. If you don't like your offensive coordinator, you might like your line coach. If you don't like the head coach, you might like the offensive coordinator. And, yeah. you know, th- those are, you know, you play good cop, bad cop. You know? yeah. So I, I think it's a good move. I thought the one place that would have been a perfect fit for him would have been the Chargers because he would have had uh, Herbert. And possibly if you wanted to try to rekindle that whole Belichick-Brady thing, you have a quarterback who's really good there. The problem is I don't think the Chargers were interested in him. I think they were. I think they had their mind on Harbaugh from day one. Yeah, and just... it, obviously it seems like they've been. They probably were tampering and talking, especially since Harbaugh is like a world class cheater. And by the way, I support him in all that cheating that he's doing, uh, because the NCAA is full <laughs> of cheating. Yeah, I mean they're just a bunch of cheaters. I had people from FSU. My father in law was like, oh, "I can't believe these guys are cheating." This guy said cheater. I go to. Are you guys lost scholarships and national championships? I'm like, don't talk to me about cheating. Yeah. I go, they were. They, well, by the way, they hired. They hired like a like a freaking special operations guy to go to games. I, that sounds like smart to me. I, I they said, paid for the tickets. <laughs> I said they should have declined the bowl game, Florida State. Yeah, declared themselves national champions, like UCF. Yeah, they should have <laughs> Like when you see, we're national yes. champions. They declared themselves the amount of money. Yeah, the amount of money they would have missed out on for that was That's the like, argument. I, know, I think I know, they exactly. probably wanted to. You're talking exactly. tens of millions to play in that game, right? Exactly. But, you know, I'm with you. Yeah. But anyway, no, the NCAA is a bunch of cheaters, man. I mean, they're they're freaking garbage. So don't don't try to be holier than thou because Jim Harbo <laughs> hired a guy to go to games and they bought him tickets to go to the games. I mean, just shut up. You know, I don't want to hear that, That oh, this is bad for them. Yeah. Give me a break. It, it, but, yeah. So, real quick, the, real the quick. shock to me on – sorry, the shock for me on Belichick was I thought he was going to go to the Cowboys. He just didn't fire McCarthy. They didn't fire McCarthy. Because Jerry might have been willing to give him that power, at least for the yeah, short Yeah, but time. not really. He did that shit with Barcells, and it didn't work. Um, so, real quick before we before we continue. So, first of all, I want to just say Coop. Coop started late, and I, I lit up long before he did. But the freaking construction on oh this my goodness is fantastic. This has got and a little. This, ki- this has got some kit firepower to it. In it terms. does this too. Is wrong. And this the the smoke rings that I'm blowing out of this fucking cigar make me look like an animated character. I'm not yeah. kidding. It's fucking epic. Uh, and 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 Carney, it, it it is really sad. Uh, I've I've always said that you know you know my good friend John Carney is the vice president of sales for the Florida Minicana. He's younger than me. What have I done with my fucking life? Yeah, but Gerard, Gerard Mayo is, is younger than both of us. Yeah, yeah. Do we? How old is he? 37? Oh, yeah. <laughs> you you know last thing I'll say on Mayo. Uh, I you know I I'm not. I do think he. I would have liked him to see him had a year or two as a coordinator. I think that would have really played into this of better. You but would, I, That's your well, MO, dude. That's your listen, fucking MO. I also think coordinators are very overrated, and they don't make good head coaches. And the best ones 
tend to be the position coaches, right? So I'm going to give a mm-hmm. few examples of that, okay? Andy Reid was a position coach. Yes. Tom Coughlin didn't, was never a coordinator. He went from wide receivers coach to head coach at Boston College. Mariucci, position coach. Gruden. Gruden was OC for Eagles. He was the OC for the Eagles. Oh, that's right. Yeah, but so this is what I'm saying. I, you know, and, and look at I think Antonio Pierce is going to be an incredible coach out and with the Raiders. So what I'm saying is it, this: I would have liked to have seen it, but there's precedent that this can work very well too. So let's see. You know, I have to give him a shot. You know, he's been with the organization a long time. It's not like he's been, you know one or two years as an assistant and getting elevated as a job. So I would say particularly too, by the way, Barry, you're getting to smoke more because I just don't shut up. And then Coop is going second and you, you do speak out. Like I feel bad when I'm on the show and Loomis is here. Like he doesn't, he says like six words the entire show. And then when we go silent at the end, I'm like, Aaron, I'm so sorry that I didn't let you say anything. He's like, no, no, man, it's fine. I'm like, yeah, I still feel Aaron has a different style, but he's a big, big, when I tell people, he is a big contributor to our success. Uh, I don't know. People he he is huge. I just feel bad when it, I it, come it, on the show. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's good. It's good. Uh, all right. So, so I will say particularly. No, no, no. Hold on. Uh, so particularly, uh, particularly with the with the Patriots, their position coaches have been much more successful. A guy like Brian Flores. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Coincidentally, that was in Miami, but but the team was good. But he did a good job. He's a great coach. <laughs> um, so oh, to be a nice shot. Yeah. Coaches have been. And then, by the way, the you can look at these, some of these jobs these offensive coordinators and defense coordinators are taking. Like, there's no way that like putting Josh McDaniels in Denver was a good idea, giving him the control over everything. This wasn't a good idea. And then they just hated him in freaking uh, in Las Vegas. I mean, that right. was just doomed from the start. Yeah. And by the way, I don't. I think Pierce is a good coach. I think he's going to be a very good coach. I do not think he's going to be successful in Vegas. I think they're going to freaking suck next year. It's just that that franchise is like freaking cursed, man. I know. I know. It's, the fan base it just is cursed. Everyone's cursed. And they're like, oh, they had a good end of the season. The Raiders sucked. They sucked. They weren't even good with Pierce. They just liked the guy. They, they he were, was, a, no, he but was they an were alternative. Really... Yeah. But, you know, I, I hear he – I hear these guys who get interviews like, and for example, Mike Martz. Okay, let's go with Mike Martz. Remember, Mike Martz designed the greatest show on turf, right? Under Dick Vermeil. And because the team puts up like 500 points during the season, everyone thinks he's good head coaching material. He sucked as a head coach, he couldn't make the transition. It's more about leadership. Yeah, he had, yeah, he had right. leadership. He had Tory Holt, Marshall Falk. Right, freaking uh, uh, Kurt Warner. He had so, a great tight end. Yeah. Uh, what's who's the other dude? Who's the other receiver? Is even better than Tory Holt. Uh, uh, Isaac Bruce. Isaac Bruce. Isaac Bruce. And they had a third guy that was just as ridiculous too. Yeah, he was like uh, Asa Hirakim. Right. Yeah, Hakeem, the great. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, but, come on. I mean, that's what I'm saying. These oh, guys, he... great coach. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, coordinators, I see them with clipboards. I mean, I'm not saying that they're not good and coordinators. And Ricky too, who is a really underrated guy. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I sometimes see the position guys, like, who can do the job a lot better. I mean, like I said, I look at uh, Coughlin. I know I'm, I'm biased a couple. But let's kind of go with uh, Andy oh, Reid. We for could example. go one fucking I like show. I, I, I like Jesus. him, though. John, don't. I know. I'm sorry. God, dude, I know. come on. Yeah. <laughs> All right. uh, Andy Reid, Andy Reid too. I mean, 
I think he's a good coach. We got to witness him being a good coach last weekend. Oh, um, yeah. he. You know, the days of Andy Reid blowing games have gone away. Like, he was always well, known it, well, by yeah, 15 years of blowing got, games. He's got freaking Patrick Mahomes, which mm-hmm. makes it easier to be a better coach. But yeah, you're getting to witness games because that team doesn't have the talent they had just a year or two ago. Yeah. Um, they're not as good as they were last no, year. No, they need the, know, the, the offense does need an upgrade. Yeah, they do need some yeah. play. They don't but play they don't, like they have. They don't need it right now because Mahomes is 28, 29 years yeah. old. And he's got Kelsey, who's in his prime, yeah. deciding what he's going to do next. But you got to see him be a really good coach. I mean, he he did out coach in that last game, and his coaching staff did too. I mean, that's why oh, they won the game. Oh yeah, got to be oh. got to be careful with that though. Yeah. Like that because Mahomes is in his prime, and he's like great. I'm not comparing him to Brady directly, but that was the that was the Patriot way for years. Is they never put any dynamic weapons around him, and they were so much on him, and and he, and he pulled it off. Like to his credit, like I mean, uh, like yeah. I mean that says a lot about Brady. They, I mean, that's. That's a hell of that's a hell of a comparison to put him into. That if they're gonna if they're gonna ride that model is what I'm saying. I'm not saying. Yeah. You know what's funny though, and I've said this all the time too, and I'm I'm with you on this too, Bear, because I I've said this my entire existence as a Patriots fan. It's funny. It's like oh, there weren't dynamic weapons around him. Now though, looking back, when you go and watch like NFL films and highlights, the names are big names now. <laughs> you know what I mean? They well, are. Yeah. Gronk, because Gronk of what the team up. did. Gronk. I mean, but you looked at like um, I saw a picture the other day. It was it was it was at the Pro Bowl one year. It was uh, Vinatieri, Bruschi, Izzo, and Brady. It was four Pro Bowl players. I mean, those were really good players. And Bruschi was a very good player. And you know, you you did have some stuff, but they they become good players and great players become better based off of the winning. If if these people had all the same statistics and you take away the winning. You're not getting Hall of Fames. You're not getting this. You're not getting the recognition. And then you start to see the names because I mean, you have 20 years of dominance. So you get people that are household name. You know what I mean? Like um, I said, like a McCourty is a household name. Yeah. He, Julian, he might Julian, become uh, Hall Julian of Fame. Edelman. Julian yeah. Edelman. Yeah. You know, he could have he could have been the guy from the Jets. Um, I love Wayne that guy. Corbett. The other. Yeah. Dude, he it, without the Patriots, he's Wayne Corbett. Yeah. But he's Julian Edelman, right? Yeah. So it's kind of interesting. Thing the other, same um, thing with the other guy too, the guy before yeah. him. Yeah. Um. Uh. And, and Welker. Main, yeah, Wes Welker. Yeah. So, yeah. Wes Welker is Wayne Corbett if he doesn't have Tom Brady. Jordan. So the other comparison too on my team is Jordy Nelson. Mm-hmm. Like Jordy yeah. Nelson is Jordy Nelson is Wayne Corbett, or probably worse if he doesn't have Aaron Rodgers as a quarterback. Corbett was really freaking good. The problem was in the NFL at that time, you could knock people in the face and he had like his brain jumbled around a billion times. He just like, he had to end his career. I mean, he just, I remember the game. I think we've talked about this in the show, but I remember the game he got like knocked out. It was like his last game ever mm-hmm. vividly. He was like on the sideline. It, it's a hit that would have put somebody out of the league, you know, now, but you know, you learn stuff, but anyway, Coop, you, you were, uh, you had some things that you needed to talk about. Yeah. I mean, we had we some advertisers we need to speak about here. Yeah. We're, no, we're good for that right now. Uh, <laughs> was it, those are, those are more segment stuff. So I just want to make one point about Gronk, right? I think Gronk's getting ready to replace Terry Bradshaw. They're grooming him for that role on that pregame show. If you, you know, and I look, Terry's 75 right now. He's had some healthy, don't see Terry doing this much more, but I see Gronk's going to be the guy, that stick guy who's going to take over on Fox. I, I well, definitely see that happening. Well, that'll make you happy, Coop. So, uh, I, <laughs> but you know what? He's good at that. He actually is good at that. 
All right, so let's kind of – I'm going to avoid my team for now, right? I'll have a couple things to say because I, I didn't watch a lot of the games this year, frankly. But, Bear, the Packers, okay? And I'm not going to make this about Matt LaFleur. What I am going to make this about is you've got to be – You said it first, Coop. Here we go. Let's well, go. I, I took – I'm taking it off the table, okay? Jordan okay. Love, okay? What we're seeing happen with Jordan Love is historic for, from a franchise perspective – where you're now, this is a third gener like I'm calling this the third generation of quarterback. And I'll be honest, if you want, I also think Dom 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 Majewski was pretty good, right? Dom Mikowski. Yeah, Dom but uh, let's say Favre, Rogers, Love, the Niners weren't able to do it. They did it with you know they had Montana Young, but Garcia never really came into that role. You've got to be, you know. A lot I don't think, I don't think Garcia they got enough credit, to be honest. He wasn't. Gar- the team was going downhill at that point, too. Yeah, yeah. But you got to be happy from what you saw. Next year is going to be a huge year for for Jordan Love. Yeah, you got to watch out for the sophomore slump. Um, but if you yeah, watch, you do, you do, you do have to watch that absolutely. If you watch tape, though, there's actually a there's actually a really cool video floating around social media that like showed really interesting, like similar comparisons from like Rogers, like dynamic throws. That Rogers would make, and 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 Jordan basically Jordan loved basically doing the same thing and stuff. I'm not saying he's Aaron Rodgers, um, but I'm just saying like you you kind of saw the same style of play. He's he's mobile, uh, he's movable. He he's he's calm in the pocket. He's calm under pressure. Um, I mean that's why I really like him. I I, I liked him before. I mean I liked you know uh, despite the time that he was picked, it, it really it, again it it kind of made sense because Aaron Rodgers was picked the same t- at the same time. Right, the same type uh, and, of yeah, around the Red same Fox round. Right so point. yeah, so I mean it. It. it I I wasn't a fan of necessarily trading up to get him. I thought he would have fallen to them at the the couple picks later. But yeah. that's neither here nor there either. But, um, but no, I think um I I think it's something to be excited about. I I really do like him. Um, I I mean I liked him going in, and and everyone was kind of asking me like, well, what if Rogers leaves? What if Rogers leaves? Uh, you know, I think we we even talked about that on the show last year. Yeah, like, well, yeah. And I was just like, man, if he does, he does. Like, I, I, you're gonna have to move I, on in a year or two anyway, right? So, yeah. I mean, I think I even said like, I I, I honestly didn't think he would. Um, to be honest, I think that's I think I think I remember correctly saying that last year. I'm like, I didn't think he was gonna move on, but it was like, it really didn't matter either way. Um, you know, um, I was just I was just sick of the drama. So it's kind of like the end of Favre's career, like. John was talking about a minute ago. I was just tired of all. Just fucking make a decision, dude. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and no. It's it's time to it's time to kind of move on and everything. Um, I I didn't I did not like obviously um how Rogers' season ended um so so quickly. I I did I would have really loved to have seen what he would have done with the Jets. That would have been really kind of cool. Uh, considering how many players like moved over there and everything. Um, but you wanted to make this about Jordan Love. I think it's I think it's pretty exciting. But to the point we were talking about with the Chiefs earlier, they need to find some way to put talent around him. Um, they need to be able to – they need to continue to stack that line. They need to protect him. Um, and they also need to put some weapons and, and keep people – you know, keep uh, good players around him. So, Were you surprised they fired the D.C.? No. Okay. I Who do you want for the D.C.? I have a name. I, I want Mike. I want Mike Petton back. That's who I want. You're not I gonna get Mike. Mike. You know, I know he was. I, I liked him too. He's not coming back. Well, you asked me who I wanted. Okay, okay. I think there's a guy out there, and I think he's gonna be not just a great coordinator. He already is a coordinator. He's gonna be a great head coach, and that's Jero Vero. 
And if yeah, you hear this guy, that. how well-spoken it is and how, how intelligent about the game is, this guy, I think, is a perfect, it's a perfect fit for him. Yeah, I and mean, I he's out of a job right now because uh, yeah. I've heard Denard Wilson's the guy I've been hearing. Yeah, but Averro apparently is the guy that people is the top choice from what I've been reading on the blogs and stuff like that. But Jero Averro is a really good coach. He's going to be a head coach in the next couple of years. You watch. Yeah, I mean that would be really nice. I think um, you know that would be uh... what. Yeah, what do we say, Bear? If you haven't seen this guy's videos on no, YouTube, I have. You know, no, I know. He, I know okay, yeah, he's, he's fantastic. I, I I tell you what, he was up for the Giants job a few years ago. I'm sorry he didn't get it. To be honest with you, uh, I think he's, I think this guy the the sky could be the limit with this guy as a coach. He is he is really good. So this could be like I'm surprised the floor hasn't moved yet to just sign this guy because someone's gonna grab him one of these other teams. Well, I don't think it's really the floor's call, but. He's the head coach. Yeah, but the organization runs that organ. Yeah, like, I know, I know, I know, I know. Like the the hirings and firings of coordinators around around coaches for years. Yeah, yeah. There, um, McCarthy's playing. You know, play calling was you know was given back to him. That was the, that was done by the organization. That wasn't done by yeah. Wasn't done by him. So, yeah. um, but yeah, it would be it would be interesting to have him. I I, I mean, like I said, um. I wasn't surprised that they got rid of got rid of. I mean, the the Packers were for the first few for the first half of the season were abysmal defensively. Yeah, and they were. It's a shocker. Yeah. They shouldn't have even made the playoffs. You know, the you gotta you gotta look. Say they did. They had a hell of a second half, right? And they yeah. did, a lot had to happen for them to make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. They got in the playoffs. Um, you know, and uh, all right, the, the Cowboys win was the type of win I've been clamoring for Matt Lafleur to have for five years. And I, I I say it, that was a big win on the road in January. You can't mm-hmm. Cowboys. You can't take that. You can't take anything away from Matt. Can, LaFleur can we just can we talk, can we can we put the the argument about Matt Lafleur being a shitty coach for a side? And let's just say yeah. that you know, like, look, yeah, look, can, let's 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 turn the subject to comic books, uh-huh. okay, for two seconds. Superman was the greatest superhero, right? But he had he had a weakness. What was it? It was kryptonite. Yep. The 49ers are Matt Lafleur's kryptonite. Like as soon as we like as soon as we went like, like everyone was like everyone was like bear like what do you th-? I'm like we're gonna lose, and it wasn't me being a negative Nancy. It was like look who we're playing. We haven't yeah. been able to get by him, and we didn't. We're we're we and, and you would have better you guys would have better team. You guys would have better team that day. There's no question. The better team didn't yeah. win that day. Yeah, yeah. It just you know so. Shanahan, all- Shanahan. I mean, we're talking about poor coaching. Shanahan pitched a coach a poor game for most of the game. I think Shanahan had a terrible game. I mean, I think he had a great game in the NFC Championship. Yes. Yeah. 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 Turned it around. Yep. But no, the Packers should so guys, be in the playoffs. So, but yep. Jordan loves Jordan loves awesome. Guys, according to artificial intelligence, there's three of there's the three worst games in Super Bowl history. Um, it says the worst. Super Bowl can be subjective, obviously, depending on what one considers right. makes a game bad. Um, but the first one it mentioned is Super Bowl LIII 2019 between the Patriots and Rams, is cited as particularly I like that uneventful. It was a great game. I thought it was a great largest, game. I know it's yeah. the largest separation of victory in any of the Patriots Super Bowls. Yep. 
Yep, and it was um, a great it was defensive a game. game. It was a fun defensive game. Yeah, and there wasn't a lot of like there wasn't a lot of it was just uneventful and slow and very defensive. There wasn't a lot of turnovers or anything. Yep. The second one I'm going to leave because I think the second one I'm going to tell you I'm going to let you guys guess which one you think it is. Uh, I think is the worst, but I'm not going to say this. I'm going to go to the one that's listed as third. Um, 1971, the Colts and Dallas Cowboys, known as the Blunder Bowl. Yeah. Um, poor Terrible game play, is historically. Record number of turnovers and penalties and uh, contributed to its lack of aesthetic appeal. Now, the second one, which they're the list is second, which I think is 100% the worst Super Bowl ever. Which game do you think it was? Well, Coop, you said you thought it was. Well, it's the it's the, the it's, it's the third Bills. It's the third uh, Bills Super Bowl. I, I, they got oh, where they got um demolished by the Cowboys. I I was gonna this say one that worse. One. I was gonna say worse, this is one I was gonna say, and I think it's pretty. It's it was the 49ers and the uh oh well, give me a second I'll get it. It was the 49ers and the uh Chargers Broncos and the Broncos. Oh. No, the the Seahawks the Seahawks getting uh. The blowout. Yeah, over the 55 10 game was the Bronx 49 and Broncos. 55 10. I remember that game well. All right. So awesome. that's pretty good. 55 10 is brutal. Uh, but I, in, from according to AI, Bear has got it. And I agree that Bronc- Broncos Seahawks Super Bowl in 2014 was terrible. It, it was, was. 43. It was. It was. The game, was remember all, the yeah. first? Yeah, he's right. Yeah, he got it right. I'll give you that. Scrimmage was a safety. 43 yeah. to 8, that game was. Yeah, that was yeah. bad. Yeah, that was that a was bad really one. bad. Yeah, and then that started the, uh, you know, the the twelfth man stuff yeah. and all the crap and bullshit we had to listen to out of Seattle for the last freaking decade and a half. And they played it at that god awful oh. MetLife Stadium, which <sighs> which the biggest mistake they ever made was tearing down Giants. They had I understand they had it, but they built a terrible. It's just a terrible stadium. I'm not surprised that. Uh, that there was a terrible game with that. Yeah, I, I can't argue that one. Yeah, you know, I remember. I remember years ago on this show, uh, Card, you 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 lamented about you were wearing a. I think you were wearing a, either a Patriots hoodie or an Alabama hoodie and a Patriots hat or an Alabama hat, and you were talking about how you were in line at the airport and a guy turned around and looked <laughs> at you and was like, "You're a Patriots fan and an Alabama fan. Oh, you must be insufferable." Yes, I, yeah, I was getting on an airplane. <laughs> I, I, there was nothing. I swear to God, there's nothing more insufferable than Seahawks fans after that fucking 14 Super Bowl. Like, just, 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 just oh my God. It was just so. The bad. only reason, the only reason I could handle it was shortly, was it the next year that they were in the Super Bowl against the Patriots? Yeah, in Arizona, that was the year after. Yeah, that was the interception. Pete Carroll just blew the game. Yeah, it was so rewarding watching that game, and I was there for it. I didn't go to the game, but I was in in Arizona and Glendale, and Andy Yaffe and I went downtown the night before the game, and everyone's like. It was like this. It was like Starbucks versus Duncan, right? And all the Seahawks fans are like, Seahawks? Seahawks? Non-stop. Andy and I go downtown after that game. Everywhere I went, I'm going, I have my Brady jersey on. Seahawks? 
it was the most rewarding thing ever to watch that freaking just get snuffed out instantly. Yep. That's so rewarding. Awesome. One of the best feelings yeah. of my life yeah. to watch just people's souls get sucked out of their bodies. Yeah, Pete Carroll's insufferable, man. That guy's a piece of shit. Oh. God. Oh. He, oh, they never throw technicals on him. He's, he's always stomping on the field and everything. No so. shit. Yeah, dude. He it's always like, is. On, I mean, yeah, they, because he's a fucking. They confuse him they, for they a 12-year-old child. Yeah, they, they confuse him as a 12-year-old child. Oh, it's like, oh, he's, he's, he's a kid. It's, well, it's just a kid with gray hair. If he, he was a basketball coach, he'd be getting teed up all the time. He got, you know why he got fired from the Jets? It's not because they lost the last five games. The word is he was partying with the players that year. And yeah. the owners saw it, and he didn't like it. And that's why he got rid of him. P. Carroll was actually partying with the players. Uh, was the whole word around New York? He's, and... he's immature. He's vile. He he's also a fucking coward. Like he's a coward. Like so, what does he do when yeah. like what does he do uh, when he 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 builds a great college dynasty through questionable means? Well, he got he got or let's just call it through cheating at the time. He does that. And instead yeah, of getting punished, he goes and makes fucking millions of dollars in the in in, in the professional ranks. Yeah, yeah, and just yeah, he runs away. the The school gets punished. The players get punished. He gets he gets millions of dollars. Fuck Seattle. Fuck them for doing that, dude. And and him and the horse he rode in on. I fucking hate Pete Carroll. Yeah, well, All right. I think a lot of that has to do with the donors too, though. You know. And yeah. The funny thing for me is I agree with you, Bear. All those same arguments, the same. So I'm trying to see both sides of it. I agree with hundred percent. Those are all the same reasons I can't stand him. But if you look at the things he was doing with like getting players paid, like Matt Liner, Reggie Bush, all those boys, Bob uh, McKnight, all those dudes. You know, looking at it now, like those kids should be getting paid, man. They were in LA doing this. I get it. Which makes it even funnier because like I think I think Jim Harbaugh's getting like a freaking pass, man. Yeah. There's a oh, lot yeah. of people like you and I that have vitriol to spit at Pete right. Carroll about getting guys paid, right? Or like greasing them, greasing them up. It it and then you got Jim Harbaugh doing his thing, and then I'm sitting here being like, Pete Carroll's a Pete Carroll's a greasy slime ball, this and that. Jim Harbaugh is just being smart. Give the guy a break. You know, it's like, it's funny how quickly the NIL thing changed things because we're like, yeah, pro players, get them paid, get them paid. You know, NIL existed prior uh, to it being legal, and it was it was called USC. It was just different lettering. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. thousand percent. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, what I'm going to say is about the Giants is I stopped watching the Giants after the halftime of the first Cowboy game, and I did not watch another Giant game this year. <laughs> Uh, I did not you watch. Didn't the miss time. anything. I didn't yeah. miss anything. Uh, I think I'm going back next year. Just so you know, I think I'm going to go back next year. I, I think I gave myself a timeout. Um, and let's see what happens. Uh, Dayball's a little crazy, but I think he clearly had a coaching staff. My concern is the coaching staff he had wasn't behind him, so he better get a coaching staff that's going to be behind him because there's a lot of guys that didn't like him, and it was very clear. Um, so, um. The, the Giants, you know, he's got to get a quarterback, dude. Exactly. Well, you know, I thought the Giants were in trouble when they lost the playoff game to the Eagles, and everything just came. They, it showed they didn't have an offensive line. It showed that defense was awful, and that just carried right over into the season. And I'm like, I'm done. I just said I need a timeout from this team. I'm gonna probably go back to them next year. So I can't comment much on Giants football this year. I did not. I mean, I say, did I follow them? Yes. Did I watch games? 
Not really, because I didn't get the NFL package this year, and they weren't really on in Charlotte. So, except for a couple of the, you know, Monday that, night or whatever games. So, but, you know, that division has perennially, perennially been like just a dumpster fire. Yeah, for the last like ten years. Yeah, the Cowboys, by the way, somehow this year separated themselves from that mess. Um, I mean, the Eagles crumbled, and we're gonna get to well, that. They were well, yeah, yeah, but they, yeah, but they were kind of on the same. They kind of separated themselves. Yeah. I mean, we we were really only like three years removed, three or four years removed from that being a complete dumpster fire, where yeah. nobody wanted to win the division, right. this and that. Remember, and, Joe I mean, Joe Judge was in the playoff hunt the last week of the season, his first season. People forget that. That's how yeah. bad that division yeah. was. <laughs> Joe Judge had a shot. Yeah, that, that was a, that was that division's always been a mess. Well, it, because you have two of the most. You at the time for a, for, fan bases in the world. Well, yeah, but there's all there's that, and it's also the, the ownership group. You know, the ownership group. So I, Jones is finally, finally starting to see, like, it's finally starting to let the reins go a little bit to his son and other people, like McClay and stuff, in the organization. But he still has too tight of a rein on that organization, and, and he and it's it's been to the detriment for three decades now, and and. I mean, Snyder, don't even get me started. I mean, shit. You know, him and Pete Carroll should start a fucking By the way, this new owner is awful that's in the Redskins. People or the Commanders. He owns the Sixers. I'm just telling you, he's a terrible owner. If you if you he may be as corrupt. So he owns the Commanders and the 76ers? Yes. It's bad. Oh. He's a terrible owner. Yeah, and look, and the guy hitting all of this, uh, the guy that it's allowing this to happen is probably the biggest piece of shit of all, and that's Roger Goodell. How do you let the owner of the Sixers take over the Commanders from well, Stan Kroenke, Snyder? But Stan Kroenke owns the uh, the Nuggets and the Rams. So okay. It, well, so it does happen. I'm just saying. No, I doesn't. No, we're talking about the person, though, Coop. I'm talking about yeah. the person. Right. Yeah, but he the just owners said the said, owners allow that, right? Really, the owners get to vote on that shit. So, like, yeah. it's up to the they, owners. They sure... Goodell's Goodell's a really high paid pucker. Yeah. Okay. So you look at that situation. The the biggest issue I have, and which by the way, now that I'm thinking it is a big basketball fan, basketball is my favorite sport by far, and I can talk much better on basketball than I do football. Which still um, you say that every year, Carney. You say that every year, and you're like, so still blows my mind. The A game, yeah. Yeah, but I'm gonna tell you, I hate James Harden with a passion. I can't. Oh, stand I do too. Like, I wouldn't watch him until he was gone. I would. And he him. hates. He hates the owner of the Sixers who owns the Commanders. So the enemy of my enemy is my friend, right? So I yeah. have to like, I have to like freaking the Commanders and I have to like the Sixers. <laughs> and then I was also given a gift this year, Christmas, from my sister. Uh, they have these little basketballs that you can buy. They have little toys, like little people inside. So my daughter plays with little people all the time. And so my sister got me this little basketball one. And you open up, you don't know who's inside of it. I was praying it was Jason Tatum, but it was Joel Embiid, who I have a lot of respect for because I'm yep. a basketball guy. But now that I'm having this discussion and we're talking about the situation, what's going on, and how the guy's not really, you know, not really a good guy, whatever, Harden doesn't like him. And I don't like Harden. So he must, he can't be that bad to me, at least. I don't know. That's yeah, we'll fair. see. I mean, no, he's just not a great owner. Um, he's not a corrupt owner, is what I'll say either. That's the difference. He's just he hires the wrong people. He, you know, yeah. I mean, by uh, the way, 
I just jumped online here because I wanted to make sure people were enjoying the show. We're getting some serious traction, by the way. Second, McAuliffe, Allen, Rubin can't come in here and say things that I already said. And is he watching this from thing. Vegas? Apparently, 32 minutes ago, he said the Belichick coaching tree is not a complete failure. He had Saban, Ferentz, and Brian Flores. Why, why, why Dude, are you reading I that already comment? talked why about are you re- 40 why, minutes ago. Why are you reading that comment? Why here? would you? Can we just stop? the first it? one that popped up. Okay. He's in Vegas, and this is—he's watching this. Okay, moving on. Let's talk okay. about. Let's talk more about the Giants because right. that's more so interesting. I'm pretty much, no, I was pretty their, much their dumpster was... fire of a season's more interesting than a comment right. from 32 right. minutes well, ago. All right, here we go. You guys, you guys, you guys keep talking. I'm gonna, I'm gonna look through here and run some. All right, I'm gonna actually gonna, I'm gonna section. pivot to the Rockefeller segment here. I think because we're at a good point with that. So, um, I want to mention this is our Rockefeller this uh, American history segment, but it will be have a football spin. Sponsored by Rockefeller Cigars. At Rockefeller Cigars, the journey began with a simple yet powerful vision to create an affordable luxury that transcends social boundaries. We wanted to offer a premium product that embodies the spirit of entrepreneurship while remaining accessible to the men and women from all walks of life. Inspired by the resilience of the American spirit during the Great Depression, the Rockefeller Cigar stands as a testament to the unwavering determination and pursuit of excellence. So I am taking a little liberty tonight with this segment. This is a football show. I believe that the Super Bowl is a part of American history. Bear has said yeah. it many times. It should be a holiday. Like, yep. you know, no, no argument for me on that. Um, so, but, so I have a Super Bowl. I have a two-part question of the Super Bowl related to the Super Bowl. And I'm going to say Super Bowl because that's this, it's the big game show, but we're talking about the Super Bowl. Yeah, that's the trivia question. All right. So the question is, all right, what was the first Super Bowl not played in a southern tier state, and here's how I'm going to define a southern tier state. It's a state that borders either the Gulf of Mexico or the country of Mexico. Where was that Super Bowl played? And let's see well, if we can get. I'm glad you put the Gulf of Mexico qualifier on that, or bordering yeah. bordering Mexico qualifier on that. Yeah, because but, Super Bowl one would have been the first non-southern state. Because it was played in the L.A. Coliseum in California, but but I, but I, California borders Mexico. But I know. I'm yeah. glad you put that qualifier. Cooper. Oh, okay. Just okay. said it. Okay? okay. Yep. Yep. All right. Um. Okay. All right. All right. Um. Okay. First Super Bowl not played in a southern tier state that borders the Gulf or the Gulf of Mexico or Mexico. Right. Okay. So below, we're going above Mason Dixon line, correct? We're going above the Mason Dixon line, right? So if but the, you just said, but you said doesn't border the, the Gulf, Gulf of Mex- Mexico or Mexico, right? So or that Ar- southern Ar- tier. It's so Arizona's tier. out. Arizona borders Mexico. I I know. Ari- okay. Th- that's okay. what I'm saying. It doesn't oh, okay. like if okay. Okay. California's out, Arizona's out, Texas is out, New Mexico doesn't have a stadium, but they're out. Louisiana's out, Mississippi, Alabama, Florida. Um. Yep. Georgia's not out. Georgia's, Georgia's not, not don't oh okay so not above the Mason Dixon line okay wait okay so Super Bowl what was that eighty what was eighty one was that Super Bowl sixteen that was Pontiac Michigan right bingo yeah. bingo so, you yeah, got Super it Bowl, yep. Super it was, Bowl sixteen it was Pontiac Michigan it was Pontiac Michigan uh yeah. Super Bowl sixteen now you know who won that who, you know who played and won that Super Bowl the second yeah one. dude it was my fucking kryptonite it's the fucking forty ers over the Bengals dude yep. Yeah, that turned out to be a really good game, by the way. I remember that game. Niners went up, and the Bengals really made a game of it late. Wow, that was like, yeah. That was, yeah. yeah. That was, uh, that was Montana against, that was, that was, that was Boomer Sison's, what, rookie year? 
yep. second year, something yep. like that. Man, you yep. just you just dominated that, and and then you also visually and audibly explained it at the same time. Your whole mental process that was going on that was epic. They that's how, that's how I get your questions. <laughs> well, well, they had a snowstorm. They had a snowstorm come through that one. Yeah, well, year. it was like it was like the it was like the the Dallas the, the Dallas Super Bowl we had in two thousand and ten. That was the that was an yeah. atrocity here. That, that was, was crazy. I, yeah. yeah, yeah, it was. Um, you know, Detroit's the only little... thing that ha- the only thing that happened that 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 the only thing that really went well during that entire Super Bowl was that we got our Super Bowl scars. That was it. Yeah. No wait, that, that was Reliant. No, that was Reliant. Yeah. That's right. That was Houston. That yeah. was a couple years the, later. The My thing bad. is, they had no logistical issues with the game. They got the roads clear and everything. Uh, and it was a dome stadium, so no one was going to be in the snow. They, the only thing they were worried about was the dome collapsing. That's the one thing that uh, that with those domes, that was the, those domes were the ones where you know they were like those inflatable domes. I guess that was what they had to worry about the most. Was that the silver dome, right? Yeah, yeah, that was the big fear. Let me let me kind of test you guys real quick. You know what the second and the third non-Southern tier Super Bowls were, and this the third one's going to be a trick one. Well, it's obviously not Georgia because that's actually the South. Well, so we not Southern Tier. That. So, okay, Georgia was actually the third Super Bowl played, not in the Southern Tier. But how is that not the South? It doesn't border Mexico or the Gulf of Mexico. How does so? Who determines what South means? Mexico I, I, determines it. I did. I did in this question, just saying <laughs> I, because most of the Super Bowls are played in that Southern Tier states. That's okay. why. That was why. All right, you so got Pontiac, Michigan. Georgia's the third. Georgia was the third, and that was, um, that was Super Bowl twenty eight. With the that Cowboys, was the, beat the that Bills. was the Cowboys Bills. That was the, yeah. that was the close yeah. one or whatever. Yeah. So, so this yeah. is going to be something ridiculous. This is going to be some random one too. No, it's it, not random. Well, it's not totally so, random. It's not so totally random. So again, it's not. It's not. Um, you're saying Arizona doesn't qualify, right? Arizona, Arizona doesn't qualify. It's, it's a it's a Southern tier state. Okay. Yeah, um, Nashville. Nashville has not hosted a Super Bowl. Shocking, right? Right. Why they haven't is that there's you have to worry about the weather in Nashville, believe it or not. You still have to worry about the weather they, to get they really... hosted a Super Bowl in New York. Yeah, right. it was before that. Well, though. that's why they've always done it. Well, they did. Okay, so, they, okay, they threw that. But they, yeah, they threw that to New York. I yeah, think work through it. Work through this. Well, okay. Oh God, Fuck. it's easy. You should be able to get the second one pretty easy. Okay, so that one, the Georgia, so Georgia was in twenty eight. So it was between sixteen and twenty eight. So Superdome went went on a strike. It was like that. And then, um, okay. So it's not Sun Devil because that's in Arizona. It's not Qualcomm because that's that's California. in San Diego. Yeah. That's California. Um, Detroit did it again. Detroit, Detroit did it in 15, 2015. They did it, I think. Ford Field. So there's one before that? There's one city in the Northern Tier that hosted before Super Bowl 28 and after Super Bowl 16. So Detroit doesn't oh, count. Wait. Detroit field? doesn't count twice. So there was one oh, before Indianapolis. Detroit. Indianapolis. Yeah. No, 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 no. No, that was after. It was. It was um, after. Oh. 
Did I miss something about this question? Min- Minnesota. Minnesota. Yeah, Minnesota. Yeah. Again, a Super Bowl not hosted in the states that Bear said. California, Arizona, New Mexico, Texas, Louisiana, Alabama, Mississippi. Well, Indianapolis, though. So, yeah, Minnesota, the Metrodome. Minnesota in, in, in 1992 hosted it. At the Metrodome. But what was the what was I miss, am I missing something? What was the what was the criteria prior to what? So the first, like what was the first Ever? one not hosted in those states? And the answer was the Silverdome. What oh, was the, the first? Right, the first. second. Yeah, the second Got one. You. The second one was the Metrodome, and the third Got one you. was the Georgia Dome. Georgia Dome. So when they that's why New York doesn't qualify because it wasn't one of the first. So okay, I got you. New York was much better. Like, yeah. New York's the yeah, only well. New York's the only one if you want to say northern state above the Mason Dixon line that had an outdoor Super Bowl. So I, I, the reason I missed this, and I'm not gonna say who commented this, but we were talking about the Green Bay Packers and their development of quarterbacks. And someone made a comment and said, don't forget the Packers also developed Aaron Brooks and Matt Hasselbeck. So I think we know made that. Shut the, <laughs> shut the fuck up. Stop. Dude. Aaron Brooks and Matt Hasselbeck. I called I said, let's just stop. It was, it, I was like, stop. I mean, Aaron Brooks is a good player. And Hasselbeck Aaron player Brooks and Matt Hasselbeck. Come on. Ty, don't forget Ty Detmer, Cartney. Don't forget Ty Detmer. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, Ty and Mark, Detmer. Mark, Mark Brunel. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I mean what, what about that guy I that mean, was the third string? Babe Laufenberg. Hey, yeah. game at the end of the year against the 18th string of the other team. That freaking what's his face? Matt oh, something, whatever. God, Give me a break. Matt Hasselbeck and Aaron Brooks. <laughs> Aaron Brooks. Brooks. That might what be. What are we playing? Madden. What are we playing? Madden football here. Madden Give football. me a break. Uh. Mark, Bruno, right, Mark, Mark Brunel was pretty epic in Madden '97. I'm not. I'm not just. I'm just saying. <laughs> You guys love the lefties, man. Was, the lefty, man. Jeff about. Blake. <laughs> Jeff Blake was a backup and then Green Bay. I would have loved him. And as by a the way, Green Bay. Jeff Blake is in freaking Brett Favre, freaking uh, Jordan Love, or freaking Aaron Rodgers either. I mean, get Matt Hasselbeck yeah. and Aaron Brooks. <laughs> Give me a break. Get out of here. All right, next that topic. Might be, that might be the, all right. All right. So these. I'm, are, I'm well, closing Facebook. I'm done with the. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, these are more quicker questions before we kind of get into playoffs and Super Bowl. Uh, for you guys, what was the uh, biggest NFL surprise teams for you this year? The Green Bay Packers. They shouldn't have made the playoffs, man. Yeah. Um, that's a good one. I mean, obviously, it's it is one. I I, I have a. Go ahead, Coop. You hit yours. Rams. I didn't see that one coming. I didn't see the Rams made a good run at the end of the year for the playoffs. They did. I did not see that one coming, especially in the first half. I don't think anyone had the Rams as a playoff team that, that I can think of. Uh, and the Rams really came on um, to, to do the job, and they and they did it. Uh, honorable mention, uh, but they didn't make the playoffs, was Indianapolis, especially after losing uh, their quarterback was the yeah. other one. That, yeah, they went. But I would say the Rams did, did, really the one that surprised me this year. Did you? Did anyone really see the Browns winning eleven games? A lot of the well, experts had them well, high, but but I didn't have my. I, I didn't. That was mine. My biggest yeah, surprise was Browns eleven and six, especially after Watson injury, and then you yeah. bringing in Flacco, and uh, he went on a serious run. I mean, uh, the the Browns were the big, and they were. You had a great point. They were eleven and six. They were like, what is that? Like the fifth best record in the NFL? Yeah. And, and then look, if you're going to say the Browns, you got to say the Texans too. I mean, they they were 
they played great. I mean, especially CJ Stroud. Oh. I mean, that you got to put the Texans in that too. That would probably be another one too. But I thought the well, Texans were playing tough last year. I thought the Texans were playing tough last year in the lobby. So I kind of saw real quick. Let's talk real quick. So you got in the AFC, I got this pulled up here. In the AFC, you got the top team was the Rams, 13 and 4, right? That was the top team in the AFC. In NFC. All the, the other are, teams. Rams are in the NFC. Which are AFC Sorry, Rams. Yeah. Sorry, so not Rams, it's not Rams. Sorry, Ravens. Gotcha. Ravens were 13 and 4. Okay. The next best record in the AFC was 11 and 6. Chiefs, Browns, Dolphins, and Bills. Bills. All of them were 11 and 6. So the Browns had, were tied for the second best record in the AFC. Number two. Now, I know it doesn't necessarily work out that way with seedings and stuff, but they were 11 and 6. That's crazy to me. That's bonkers. Completely bonkers. The uh I, I mean this this the Steelers have to probably be the worst ten win team in like NFL history. Yes. You know Yes. You know most you disappointing know. for sure, especially for the fan base. Yeah. Nielsen says the Bucks, and he's right too. That's another one that surprised a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah, Nielsen again. That was a surprise. Up. But they, I mean, they won a Super Bowl two years ago, and I know that. But they were they were nine and eight. That I mean, the surprise was that the rest of the division was terrible. Yeah, the Panthers sucked. The Falcons sucked. The Saints couldn't get out of their own way. Yeah. And the reason the Bucks won is because of the tiebreaker, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so you had the Lions at twelve and five, Packers nine and eight, which is essentially the same record as the as the Bucks. So if you were surprised by that, but there was so if you took the Browns and put them in. The NFC, they have the same record as the, yeah, they have the same record as the Eagles, and the Eagles were alone at eleven and six. So there was only so you had the Cowboys at twelve and five, Lions at twelve and five, and the Niners at twelve and five. So you had three teams that way, and then you had one team at eleven and six. I mean, that's that's crazy. The Brown, I didn't expect that. That's nuts. And I'm with you on that. I'm with that. You bear. The Steelers, yeah. the Steelers are the worst ten and seven team I've ever seen in my entire existence, and not just because of the way they performed, but the way their fan base. You would have thought they were like two and two and fifteen. Yeah, they the would have the thought they were talked. the Panthers. Yeah, you would have thought they were you the would, Panthers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. yeah. Man, I had to keep. I got four guys that work for me that that are from Pittsburgh. Okay, and bro, it's like every weekend I'm like we're talking. I'm like talking them off the ledge. Yeah, and they're like, oh man, we suck this now. I'm like, you guys were in like. You you guys just yeah. happen to be in a really good division at the same time. I mean that winning percentage in that division that the Bengals were the worst team at nine and eight and the Bucks made the playoffs at nine and eight. Yeah. Yeah. All right, let's flip this. Biggest disappointment teams of the year. That we the maybe expected to be good and the, and, ba- the, the Bengals at nine and eight. They yeah, yeah. I would definitely uh put them in there. Uh you know Titans is, Titans at six and eleven for me are are pretty bad. The, I, I got the, I got the Vikings. The I got the, the Vikings. At, Vikings at seven and ten. But honestly, Coop, I want to go back for two seconds. We we talked we talked about the head coach at the very top of the show. Biggest surprise of the season was the fucking Lions going twelve and five. Like I mean, 
How do we not? Yeah, mention I think them? I think people thought they may win the division like a ten and seven, but you're right. They they did and going to an no. NFC championship. No, I thought the Vikings were going to win the division and the Packers were going to finish third. I thought the Lions were going like I thought the I thought it was going to be like they were like the Packers and like the Lions were going to both win or eight or nine games and those the are going to be flip flop for second the, third place. The Vikings won a lot of those close games that they should have won last year, um, but I thought their defense was a lot better this year, right? So I thought they had a better defense this year. And so wait, uh, you know, you think they won. You think they won closer games this year, or they won the close games the year prior? The year before. The year before. before. Okay, yeah, yeah, I got you. Okay. Yeah, year before. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, I mean, so Bear, you had uh, I had the Chargers as a disappointing team. Yeah, Herbert getting hurt doesn't help them. Yeah, but you know what? Everyone, every team is is one injury away, and certain teams do better than others, right? So you know, remember when Dak well, the, yeah, the, Jet, the Jet the Jets won seven games without Aaron Rodgers. So, but that yeah. was incompetence by their organization to try to put someone in there. They, you know, does someone actually believe that Zach Wilson should quarterback again? It was ridiculous, right? Why? And why is he? Why is he so bad? Why is he so bad? I don't think he's that good. Yeah. They, I don't way, think he's that good. But why is he so? Bad? How do they win seven? He games? doesn't know how to read defenses. From okay. what I've seen, well, he's not a coach. Well. But, but okay, so okay, so so if I if I said another quarterback's name and I said Zach Wilson or this quarterback, and you would take this other quarterback, I'm guaranteeing you would take this other quarterback, Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray, yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. Are you? How yeah, many games he, did the Cardinals win? The Cardinals, the Cardinals are a disaster right now. They just don't have a team anymore around them. A couple of years ago, they had a decent team. They had a good offensive Dude, line. A couple. You got, years if you want to talk about a quarterback who can't read defenses. And you would have can say to Zach Wilson, Kyler Murray can't fucking read a playbook, let alone a no, defense. Zach Wilson can't play the position. Zach Wilson's awful. I mean, he shouldn't be in the NFL. Kyler Murray, you want to say he shouldn't be a starter? I'll give you that. But Zach Wilson shouldn't be in the NFL. He's not an NFL player. He's terrible. He's terrible. I just don't see it. I don't see that. The, like. The shouldn't be in the Flacco. NFL. They should have got Flacco, and, and it, that season would have been safe for them. And he knows that he knew the Jets' offense somewhat. Com- I, I get a, it. He, that's a he, that's a comical statement if I've ever heard but one. But Joe Flacco did well for the Browns. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not arguing with you there. I just. I'm not saying he would have won a division, but but man, Joe if Flacco we only had Joe better. Flacco, we would have won. We would have got the Flacco knows the organization. He doesn't know maybe the name. Yeah. Nathaniel Hackett's an idiot, right? <laughs> but I shouldn't call him Nathaniel Hackett an idiot. That's why Nathaniel Hackett's not a good yeah. offensive coordinator, right? I love. No, I just love the comment. I just love Bear's comment. Man, if, if we only had Joe Flacco. I can't stop laughing. Uh, you know, Jay made a good comment. He wasn't, had, he wasn't mentored right. He, I agree. I agree because his, because Kyle, uh, when Zach Wilson came in the NFL, his quarterback, got, I mean, his RC got killed in like a bicycle accident or something like that. So, so yeah. <laughs> By the way, the Jets did have Joe Flacco and they got rid of him. They got rid of him. And the, look, he For went Zach to the crowd. They got <laughs> Like it's the Zach most was... Jets thing ever. Tim the Boyle way, was no way awful. The Jets, there's no way anything that the Jets do could be most disappointing. I mean, everything that disappointment in the Jets for me is just enjoyment. Um, it, it was, man. it was so, it was, you know, you look at the Jets, right? And 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 I don't know if you put this on the GM or the coach or both. I I put this one more on the on the on the GM who did nothing to have that team like that. They had a bad offensive line going in. They, uh, you know, they they went and they they went and signed guys that Aaron Rodgers wanted instead of 
going with what you think was the right direction of the team. Dude, if I was the Jets, I would have benched every fucking offensive player after that first fucking play where the Aaron Rodgers gets hurt. I would have benched every single is that one that so? Look, is that so Jets-like? Is that like, it, it that's so jet get that? Did I not like. did I not text you Coop after yes, that? Did. I said that's the most jet thing. <laughs> like, yeah, you could do the one that yes, he said that. It's the most oh, jet thing that could happen. It was it, so much was. And you know, I was with uh, um Stace Berkland, right? Watching that game. We were at a friend's house, and Stace before even the announcer said he goes, the ACL. He goes, I'm telling you, I saw the ACL go, and he's like, and then when the replay's like, see? And he I'm like Shit, you're right. He's he's done. But yeah, this is like this is Achilles. Achilles. Did I say ACL? Achilles. Yes, he said Achilles. Stace had it right. Yes, he did say uh, yeah, and it was done. I'm gonna tell you my biggest disappointment is the Titans. They had that. They didn't have a ton of injuries. They bring in all sorts of other good old receivers that shouldn't have been signed. Uh, but you had a lot of big names there. They go six and eleven. Vrabel gets fired. That to me is the biggest disappointment and well, the, the the biggest travesty in this league. This and he year. may not coach that next team's, year. Yeah, yeah, that team's not that bad. And on paper, they should have been okay. Like they didn't. I mean, Derrick Henry played most of the season. Like it wasn't yeah. like he was out. You, and you have Hopkins to, was out. You have to be allowed to have a bad season, and like that's uh-huh. the, that's the thing that's the most frustrating thing in professional sports for mm-hmm. me. You know. Like, go back. You want to talk about great coaches of all time, just in sports, right? Go back and look at the first few seasons of Jodden Wooden's career. He would be fired today. He would be fired today. He wouldn't have the, – the great UCLA teams would never have existed because they allowed they allowed a coach to develop and, and actually mature and, and, and build a program, right? And that's college sports and that, that – but – and I said professional sports a moment ago when I said disappointment, but that's the most disappointing thing in college and professional sports is no one's allowed. No one's allowed to fail. I'll give you even one that was really bad. Parcells's Parcells's first year, and guys were walking out of training camp the second year. Harry Carson said, "I had a, I'm not playing for this guy anymore." Guys were walking out, and Parcells basically reached out to these guys, and they gave him a second chance. They they were ready to they were gonna bring you remember who they were gonna they were ready to fire Parcells and bring in Howard Schnellenberger that year, who had just won the national championship with Miami. They were all set to hire Howard Schnellenberger, and someone talked George Young out of it the last minute to keep Parcells another year. That would have been a disaster. The Giants would have been that would have been a disaster because Schnellenberger wasn't a pro coach. Yeah, it's yep. it's so, just it, yeah, it's just crazy. It's just crazy. Nobody nobody's allowed to nobody's allowed to fail. Yeah, and no, it's true. It, the it, the problem is like we're in a society where things just uh, escalate real quickly, right? So if something sure. goes great, you escalate, move on to the next thing. Like there's a reason why it's like a, a higher than fifty percent divorce rate. If you have a bad year or you have a bad week, it's like oh, let's get divorced, or it's like uh, you know, this is not to get political, but it's like oh, I got pregnant. All right, well, let's abort it, let's kill it. Yeah, I mean, whether you agree with that or not. We escalate things as a society and a worldwide thing. Um, you know, this happens. So, oh, let's bomb these people. Um, let's get, let's, you know, this person said this. So let me go on Yelp and, you know, try to destroy their livelihood. So with, if things get escalated, I mean, the Titans haven't been good since Steve McNair. And then Vrabel came along and the team was good. And they just had a down year because the guys got a little older. He, he got fired, he, I think. They say he got fired because he went. They to didn't that, like him. 
Well, they he went the Patriot. Remember, he went over to the Patriots yes, and they honored yeah, him. Yeah, I agree. They just and didn't that, like him. They, and they, didn't like yeah, him. they were pissed about. It. And that was like they yeah. they decided to cut ties with him, which was insane. But you know, we we do live. Professional sports are not kids' sports. There's millions of dollars involved. And look, I judge everything by championships. You know, I, I do. That's that's what this is about. Your millions of dollars being spent to win championships, not not to win regular season games. If, I if mean, you don't win the, if, if it's the Billy Bean uh, mentality, man, if you don't win the last game of the yeah. season, who gives a shit? Yeah. I mean, you know, especially in the NFL, because there's so few games. You know, I was having this discussion today. The NFL added an extra game, right? A couple years back. And yeah. that game had such an impact on the the way that it. teams I, are making the playoffs. You hate it. I think it's great. There was more. Well, there's too many buys now, and there's too not the game. Well, yeah, but it's fine. But but if you can make games more important to like whether you add more buys or whatever. Yeah. And one of the arguments I was using like the in season tournament for the NBA with the first year to happen. You know, it takes time to build that. But it, when you the make NBA didn't market it right. Relevant, that was the problem. The NBA no, didn't market it right. It was first year they did. But when yeah, you make yeah. any games more relevant, so you had less players sitting on the bench now because the games meant more. And by the way, you played one less regular, one less preseason, and added one more regular season. They didn't play anymore. No, you know the the, the main stars had to play. So the NFL could either add an extra game to make it more relevant or take a game away, which they're not going to do because to add the game, you make X number of revenue. Yeah. There's 21 million people watch every freaking game, which is insanity. But you yeah. look at that type of setup, so you can just flip it over and people forget about the next season because they're all excited. The most exciting time of the year is the first games of the season, week one and week two, because you don't know if your team's going to suck yet, even if you do know if they're going to suck. Oh, it was terrible. They 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 blew it with the Giants and Jets. They should have played on nine eleven that day. Like the, that was they. I don't know why they and they you know they could have scheduled because they did play each other during the season. You should have. The they could have flexed it too. They can flex schedules, so just freaking switch the schedule. Yeah. I I like. I would do it the seventeenth game, right? I would make it a neutral site. Everyone plays one neutral site game, whether it's international or within the U.S. And this way, everyone's got the same number of home and, and away games, and then you could figure out the revenue for these neutral site games. That would be the way I would do it. I think you can. This will allow you to explore other markets. Uh, you can certainly. I was look. I was in London when the Eagles and the Jaguars played, and I'm telling you, I never saw so much excitement. Like, and I've been in London a few times. The excitement level was unbelievable. For for the electric, it was electric, and the Jaguars were awful. Here's my here's my hot take about yeah. this. Like, this is my hot take. I want to go see a game, an NFL game in London, like really badly. I want to see it. I, w- I would love to do that. I, I would have loved, loved to have gone to that game actually too if I could have. But here's my hot take. That's a big. That's the stupidest fucking thing ever. Okay, but you, all right, then put a game in. You want to put a game in in Oklahoma City? Put a game in uh, Portland, Oregon, or something like that. You know. Coop, but the problem is, to, I get okay, you have to you find the right. Most oddball, like oddball, like points tonight. Like we were talking about a great Super Bowl being attributed to Whitney Houston, and now you want to take an NFL <laughs> game to the middle of Oklahoma. Okay, <laughs> Portland, Oregon. But but what I'm saying is, I don't like you the imbalance. I don't place... like the fact that I don't like the imbalance. I would have been one to 18 games. You know where is a great place to re- re- play regular season football that's really close to Portland, Oregon, Seattle. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. I get it. But you know, you get. Uh, you know what, like Coop? You're on. You're on a good point, though. You know what's unique is that 17th game of the season. Whoever has the best record gets the game at home. 
I like that. I think that's a that fair, might be they, crazy, it, it, but like they and it could be, be done. Like you some treat, incentive. You could, yeah, it's totally implementable. If you look at the way NFL teams sell the playoff tickets, you could totally do it that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like hey, and if you don't get that, you like, pay for the game, and if you don't get it, you get, get credited. Game. Yeah, if you don't. And have, then, by the way, let's yeah, let's talk. If your team sucks, say you got at the end of the season, your team's terrible, and it's two terrible teams playing. At least that other team's getting the, like the home game revenue or whatever the profit share is on the TV and advertising and stuff. Yeah. I mean, that's a huge incentive, yeah. right? I don't yeah. know. I don't know if that's what they think about it, but I think that's a great way. Hey, you know, the team that's got the better record freaking gets the home game. Yeah. You sell the home game no matter what, right? And then when you mm-hmm. credit – like, this is what they do with the playoffs. You have to buy the tickets, and then mm-hmm. um, you get a credit for next year if they don't make the playoffs. You, you, you could totally do it. It's very easy to do. Yeah, it. they don't screw the fans and that kind of thing. I, I, I like that. I, I like that, yeah. All and right, the game go. didn't exist the year before, so it doesn't even matter anyway. Yeah, I was yeah, having this conversation with someone. To take this back to cigars just for a second. I know this is not a cigar show tonight. But I was having a discussion with someone about we were gonna. I got an event coming up in North Carolina in Greensboro on the 29th at Havana Phil's. We're gonna do. Uh, it's called Stick Steaks and Cash. We're doing like a steak thing. So anyway, first, Man, I long story short, night. yeah, it's we accidentally, store. yeah, we accidentally like booked it like the night before freaking when we originally were talking about it, uh, right before um, Valentine's Day. So I said, dude, we can't do it that week. I go, it's. I go, it's Valentine's Day week. He's like, yeah, we're like, yeah, 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 no big deal. But I said, I go, you know what? I go, let's do it on the 29th. And he goes, that's perfect. He goes, it wasn't even a day last year. <laughs> I said, yes. I go, nobody should have any excuse. Same right. thing, like week 17, come up do with it. something creative with it, make it fun. It's I like already that. more competitive I, anyway. So You sold me on that fun. better than my neutral site idea. I like that. Yeah. You sold me on that. All right, another rapid fire question. Um... Who should have, who should be the MVP this year? Lamar Jackson. I and I agree. And I've been hard on Lamar, and, and Ruben knows I've been hard on Lamar. He won big games this year. He won mm-hmm. big games this year. He made mm-hmm. me and I have to give it to him. I have to give him that MVP. And I think he got better as a passer this year, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. The only Painful. bad game he had was the la- his last game. I would put McCaffrey second. I think McCaffrey but that last game, well. They were pretty much, they had it wrapped up at that point. McCaffrey is my second. He had an unbelievable year. I mean, he did. He and you look, he was he should be the playoff MVP right now, too. I um I would put I bear hasn't had a chance to answer yet, but I, I would uh, after this I would put McCaffrey second. I would not put Tyreek Hill in the top five or top ten. The injury kind of derailed him, but I still wouldn't have done it before that. Um, I just, I don't, I don't see the impact of a one, by the way, very dimensional, but it's one dimensional. He's a, he's a receiver. That's it. He's fast. He's quick. He can run around. They don't hand him the ball off. I mean, McCaffrey is very into, he's a Swiss army knife, right? So I just don't see the complete dominance of a receiver in the NFL, like we used to see when you had a guy like Jerry Rice, Randy Moss. I mean, there's like two guys that were that dominant. You can name other guys that were great, Terrell Longlands yep. and different people like that. But, I mean, there was literally – when it comes to the Mount Rushmore of wide receivers, there's only two faces on it. It's Jerry Rice and Randy Moss. That's it. Uh, yeah. When you, I, when you come to running You could back, argue all the other guys. You could argue everyone. Yeah, the you can swap in the other two spots. There's yeah, like I, 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 no, yeah, it's a thousand percent. No, yeah. that's, that's, that's fair. But when you talk yeah. running I mean, backs, 
Tim Brown McCaffrey, is, is great. Yeah. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? We can argue. But Tim talk. Brown didn't even. When you talk McCaffrey, agree. When you talk McCaffrey, he might. He's like Marshall Falk, and he might be better. Yeah, he's a he's a the biggest. I, you know, they made a big mistake trading him. Panthers. They were it, his owner's an idiot. I shouldn't call him an idiot, but he he's not. That was he was. It's a shame he's not in this city anymore. He, he wasn't going to play. He would have been injured enough to play. He yeah, he, he would have an offense. I mean, I'm glad. He I'm glad he's with the Niners. I'd love to see him win a ring on that. Um, mm-hmm. I think I think one of the most one of the quietest best seasons out there. This is this would be a dark horse. He's not going to win, and he shouldn't win. I mean, Lamar Jackson's the answer. Yeah. Um, but uh, man, you, you gotta look. You gotta look at that kid uh, in Houston. C.J. Stroud had a great season, man. Four thousand over four thousand yards passing, twenty three touchdowns, five only five interceptions. Wow! I mean, you look at the job that that. Yeah, that. I mean, I wasn't a big Ryan's fan when he got hired as that coach, but man, you can't argue the job he's done. I uh, mean, I I look I look at Stroud. I think that that's that's an impressive. That's an impressive. Stat. And he's an Ohio State guy. Who the Ohio State guys are notoriously bad quarterbacks in the NFL. Yeah. Um, is Stroud so, so, put so that type of season together until you know yeah. they're not? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Tua, Tua is probably the best that we've had out of there a while. But if you yeah, if you look, if Stroud can put that season together again in the next five, if he can do that again in the next five years, he'll win an MVP, and the team's going to be really freaking good. Yeah. He just has to get through that first three years because the league figures out players. Same with and Purdy. League, Same with Purdy. Yep. Yeah. Well, he's going to get figured out real quick. Uh, they figure out their tendencies. Now, the funny thing is, I have this is gonna, Lamar Jackson won an MVP and then got figured out, and then he changed his game. They changed his game, he, and I thought they he had still a change. runs, but he changed his game. He became a better and passer. Now, yeah. yep, and now he's now he's an MVP again. In my opinion, yeah. and he changed his game, and he's huge. Stroud, I think, has got that same type of thing. What a crazy season he had, yeah. right? If he can do it again, and the league doesn't figure him out, he's fine. He's going to yeah. be freaking excellent, and I think he is that guy. But I, I thought Lamar Jackson was done two years ago. I was like, I did no too. way, he's going to get paid. I go, the league figured him out. He took a few hits at the end of one of those se- end of that season, like three years ago. I was like, man, this league figured him out. He doesn't want to throw. He's out yeah. there running around. He's getting lit he threw up those like bad interceptions. Shoot. He would throw. Now he threw a bad. He's, I get not a, he's not a huge guy, man. He's no. like six one, six two, maybe like two oh five, two ten. He's not huge. Yeah. That's not small, but I mean, yeah. dude, he was getting beat he's, up. Dude, if he's two ten, if he's two ten, I'm fucking Albert Einstein. He does not weigh that much. Yeah, that guy's a stick. Yeah, yeah. No, I don't care what the stick. Oh, yeah. I don't he's care what the black. Yep. Yeah, you think he's smaller than that? Yeah, I think he's smaller. He's a stick, man. But they got to list him at two sixteen. But right. when you're six one, six two, two sixteen, and all muscles, pretty slim. Yep. Yeah. You know, and, and he might be, and he might be lower than that. So you look, he made two hundred five to two ten, right? Whatever. Yeah. Um, but they figured him out, and they changed his game, man. And he, uh, it's really impressive what he's done. I agree. Very, very impressive. But you're right, C.J. Shroud was really killer too. He deserves at least one MVP vote. Yeah, and he'll be rookie of the year for sure. I mean, there's no question. Mm-hmm. If he's not unanimous rookie of the year, something's wrong. Yeah, I mean, uh, and Mahomes obviously Mahomes will get votes, but he didn't have he didn't have like the a crazy. He didn't he, have a breakout season. The team wasn't that great. I mean, dude, the Ravens were thirteen and four. I mean, the guy they were the best freaking yeah. team. Yeah, they that's were. The thing, that's the way. 
that's the key to success. Like again, he can continue to be quiet. I'm talking about Stroud still. If he can continue, like he doesn't have to be Lamar Jackson. He doesn't have to be a dynamic, like just insane. Because I mean, if you look at some of his games, he he had some he had some poor games. Like he only had one 400 yard passing game. But but the thing that made him great this season was his he didn't he didn't have mistakes. If you can go if you can that means five interceptions that's a fucking Aaron Rodgers season, dude. Yeah, and like, you know he like yep. like that's that's insane. So if he can keep if he can keep his mistakes low, and like he and he's far from a game manager. This guy isn't Alex Smith, okay. But if he can be quiet and effective. You know, throw twenty plus touchdowns a season, throw four thousand plus yards a season. You know, less than seven interceptions a year. Like he's he's gonna be great. He's gonna be a Hall of Fame fucking quarterback. Yep. yep. Agree. All right, let's go. Let's kind of jump into our this day in sports history segment. Uh, brought to you by Espinosa Cigars, makers of award winning brands such as Espinosa Six Hundred One and Knuckle Sandwich. Smoke Espinosa. Smoke Espinosa every day and get into a Lazona state of mind. So I have a Super Bowl related question. Uh, and John, you can participate in this. This is where Bear and I try to. And then Bear has like a, a ton of questions coming up for me. <laughs> All right. So, Bear. This, who, this cigar is insane, by the way, yeah, John. Yeah. Fantastic. I just so, lit up my second. Yep. Yeah. I'm out. Oh, you, this, you this finished is, the first one? This is great. Yeah. Uh, wow, this is this is fantastic. Yeah, I might I, I might have, I, I might have to have my I might have to log in on my phone and go outside and smoke the cigar at this point. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. It's really good. Um, this doesn't disappoint me. And people glad are you guys are enjoying it. Yeah, thank you very much. All right, bear. Mine's a, mine's a layup question here. Super Bowl twenty two. Who was the winning team and the MVP? It was paid on this day in nineteen eighty eight. Uh, 22? 22, uh, January 30th, 1988. Oh, that was, um, that was, what's his, the coach? Oh, God, who's the coach? He's the race car guy now. Jesus. You're under, yeah, you're there. Um, why can't I think of his name? <laughs> race car coach. Give me the coach. What's his name? Gibbs. Gibbs, thank you. Joe Gibbs Racing. Um, so that was that was the so he was the Redskins that won and then uh um the twenty two? Yeah. So then that was Doug Williams then. Correct. Good one. So you got that one. Yep. That was a little bit of a layup. Yeah, that's pretty easy. Yeah, you, yeah. Now Bear, you went beyond some for me. Bear's like got three questions for me. Um well, so... I, I didn't keep them all Super Bowl ready. I I, I no, that's was fine. like, oh I was like, oh, I want to do this. Um yeah, that's a, and that's one. okay. It's a sports history question. Yep. So, um, okay. So, uh, on this day in 1924, this first this was the first time this major sporting event was held. Yep. Winter Olympics. Boom. Good job, man. I don't know if you'd get that one. Now, I don't. I think it was in France. I don't know what the city it was. was it. it was in France. You're right. Yeah, I don't know the city, but it was not like Paris. It was someplace in the Alps. It was. Yeah, and uh, um, there was a the uh, the first event was figure skating, which was actually a summer uh, uh, event 
the the Olympics prior the summer before and the same guy won the gold I forgot his name but uh the same guy won the gold back to back and like so he was this he was the uh he's the only person in history to have back to back gold medals in an in an event uh in the closest in, in closest time span because of how they did it you know that was the first year they held the winter olympics and they did it the same year as the summer olympics they did it a couple months later or so uh okay coop 1998 this cigar coop favorite philly retires darren dalton very good yep uh <laughs> and he retired as a marlin I, I don't he was on the marlins the year before yes, he, was a Mar- he yeah, won that yeah. world series on the marlins the year before yeah, yeah. right exactly. yep darren dalton yep coop who's your favorite philly of all time um it it, it has to be um I mean, I'll say it's Schmidt first, Tug McGraw second. Say, I was gonna say if you don't mind say Mike Schmidt, I'm just I'm knocking you into next Tuesday. No, but but, but Charlie Manuel is you know obviously I love Charlie Manuel. You guys know what I think about Charlie Manuel. Um, um, who do you love but, more, Charlie Manuel or Tom Coughlin? I love Charlie Manuel. I'm talking I'm love... talking player though. I'm talking player. Players, Mike Schmidt. I mean, it, it was. Schmidt, yeah. I was never the guy who booed Mike Schmidt. I just cheered him I, all the time. He's, lo- yeah, he's a legend. He's he, a legend. he was. He just was. Uh, he was just so professional. Uh, yeah. He was. So, he was very key on that run we had in '82. I mean, 1980 rather. Um, he was really a big. I mean, obviously there was a lot of role players on that team, but but was, yet. Well, did his kid? Was his kid the other Schmidt? No, played? no, it wasn't. What was that guy's name? Aaron Schmidt. What was his name? There's another Schmidt. Ed I'll Schmidt? look it up. Yeah, Bull, Bull Schmidt. <laughs> uh, Bull my Schmidt. favorite Philly. My favorite Philly is uh, was John Crook. Well, and I've met John Crook. He is a, yeah. a really nice guy. He's a beast. Yeah, he, he is. is. Uh, and and so is Greg Rizinski. I've met both of those guys. Yeah. Uh, and they're great guys. Uh, Crook is just exactly yeah. You see Crook on TV. How he's great with the fans. Um, I've never met I've never met Charlie Manuel, unfortunately. So I, I, I met Jimmy Rollins. Uh, Jimmy Rollins actually. Jimmy Rollins. Uh, we there's a picture of my son. We went to run the bases, and Jimmy Rollins was cheering on all the kids. And my son like does a slide into home plate, and Jimmy Rollins uh was there, and we took a picture. He's such a good guy. I wish I could find that picture. I I can't find it, but it was before digital cameras. So um. My favorite Philly of all time is is such a is such an unassuming. I love Mike Schmidt too. Like I was, yeah. But uh, Mike Lieberthal, I'm a great. Yeah, guy. yeah. He was. He was really I'm a guy. Yeah, I mean, he was in. You know, he was after Jason. Michael. Jason Schmidt was the guy. I was the pitcher. Thinking about. The pitcher. Oh, the pitcher. Yeah. yeah. Not Jason Schmidt. Yeah, he's not yeah, related. They're not related. Yeah. No. Not at no, all. He is not. It's a guy who he, fell he from is, grace. He, he is not. But, yo, I'll say this: Bryce Harper is slowly becoming my favorite Philly. I just love everything. How, you, how this? I really love the guy. I mean, I bought his. I never buy player jerseys, and I bought a player jersey. Bryce Harper is such a. He is such a arrogant son of a bitch. But how he's do you changed. not fuck? He's how changed. do you fuck? No, but how do you fucking not love that guy? He plays. He plays the game. No, I, this isn't a disc coupe. He's huh? so fucking arrogant. But God, I love him. He the oh, one problem God, with, with the one problem that could hurt Bryce uh, Bryce Harper. He is very awkward in front of media still. He's got a very awkward personality, and if the Phillies go south, that I'm a little worried. You know, how you know, what, the di- you know what the difference between Bryce Harper and Zane yeah. Kirkie is? Bryce Harper doesn't pitch. Yeah. They're both just insanely yeah. weird. Yep. 
And the yep. difference between Zach Greinke, Bryce Harper, and uh, Trevor Bauer, Zach Greinke and Bryce Harper don't beat women. Yeah. Like, yep. Now you go, like, yeah. They're just insanely awesome. He's a good family man, Bryce Harper, too. Very yeah. good family man. Yeah. Yeah. It just, yeah. He, he's, in a, he's just a really, yeah. Yep. They're just awkward. Yep. Just I agree. Awkward, awkward personalities, but he's insanely yep. arrogant. Yeah. Insanely arrogant. I just, but I fucking love that guy. I, yeah. I, I, I've always been a Bryce Harper yep. fan. Um, no, he's great. All right. Last question here, Coop. Yeah. All right. Super Bowl 34. Mm-hmm. Super Bowl 34. Who is the last player to have possession of the ball in the game? Frank Wycheck. No, Wycheck was retired by that time. It's not Frank Wycheck. I should notice this is a Tennessee game. Mm-hmm. What's the last player to touch the ball? It was a Titan. It was a Titan, right? Was it a Titan? Super Bowl thirty four was Super Bowl thirty four was the was the Rams Titans one. Correct. Um Yancey Digpen? It's a good guess. It's a good guess. So the game ended on the one-yard line. Steve yep. McNair was the second person to touch the ball. Steve McNair takes the snap, throws the ball, Kevin Dyson at the one-yard line. Oh, yeah, yeah, Kevin Dyson. Yeah, yeah, good one. That was a tough one. Yeah, I thought it was Wycheck for some reason. Because Wycheck was in that game. Wycheck definitely was in that game. Really? I thought He, he retired after that. Yeah, he, he was oh, okay. in the game. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. But you're right. Good one. So that was our Espinosa this day in sports history. All right, before we get to the Super Bowl, just a couple of playoff notes. We hit some of the most of the playoff stuff already, but the two notes I have are the Cowboys and the Eagles implosion. I think that has to be the story, at least, of the playoffs of teams that just, you know, those were teams with you could argue could have gone to the to the championship this year. Um so um, any thoughts on those implosions? I mean, the Eagles one is is epic, is what I'll just say. I, I, uh, I, I don't know the. Okay, so look, this is look. I say this with, I say this with great understanding of my own team's uh, weakness against the Forty ers you know. Um, but the the Cowboys just can't get it done, man. They just can't get over that hump, you know. And you can is it Mike McCarthy's? Fault? Is it Mike McCarthy's fault? No, because Jason Garrett had the same problem. Yeah, I, that's what my feeling is exactly. We're talking uh, about cult. We were, we were talking about culture earlier. Can anyone? Can 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 you honestly say that there's a bigger cult? That the 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 Dallas Cowboys have a different. I don't want to hear about if it's better or worse. Do the Cowboys, Dallas Cowboys today, this season, this year, have a different culture than they did under Jason Garrett? They have more talent, but not a different culture. Do they have a different culture than when Wade Phillips was the coach? More talent, but the same culture. Yes. That's the problem. Yeah. Can you? you can here's my thing with back. the Cowboys, though. Can you define their culture? Like, I can't define it. I, like, it just seems like their culture is like Jerry Jones, America's team. And that's just like it's like wearing my. They're not. They're not. 
No, but it's, it's just like celebrating the 4th of July, really. I mean, there's a lot of excitement and camaraderie yeah. around it. But it's like literally like the Dallas Stars, like the freaking American flag, and everybody gets behind it. But, you know. The Dallas Cowboys are relevant because ESPN tells us that they're, that they're relevant. That's the Yeah, well, well, they are a big market team, but like they, they're not. What's their what is the culture of of Dallas? It's not their three championships from freaking thirty years ago. It's not winning. Yeah. It's not a winning culture. They're they are a mediocre team, Carney. Mm-hmm. Look at the in, record in a, in a dumpster fire of a division, which we talked about, right? Yeah. Look at the look at this look at their rec their overall record in the last thirty years since the last Super Bowl. They're they're five hundred team. They're five hundred team. That's not America's team. That's not that's not a winning culture. It's not a losing culture. It's not a winning culture. They're just they're they're they are mediocre. You know, and so <laughs> I, I they, like guys, I'm not I'm not laughing at what you're talking about. I just read the most ridiculous. I just read the most ridiculous. I don't even know if I should say it. I just read the most ridiculous, like it's about, if we're going to talk about Aaron Brooks again, I'm out. Or, or I'm out. No, We're this not. is about Aaron Brooks. I just, I just read the most ridiculous caption. So, so we were. Oh man, Aaron Brooks. Should I, should I do it? Should I do it? Should I yeah, do go it? for it. Throw it out. So you know, we were talking about at the beginning of the show how we're like it. The uh, you know, this is like our ninth or tenth year that we've done this show. It's like after ten years, we're talking. About, you know, inspired by football, we're having this. So there's there's a there's a cigar blog and media site here uh, that's talking about the release of a new cigar from uh, Punch. <laughs> Punch Dragonfire shipping to stores February first. After five years of cigars inspired by American Chinese food. Mine was closer right now. I said just what? food, but. What world do I live in where that's like a real cash cigar business? And it's no oh. offense. It's it's great marketing. Don't get me wrong. It's great marketing. This is not a knock it... anyone. Wait, like, no, hold how on. Do you wait, read wait. That is it... and not laugh Carney. your fucking face off. Wait, no, no, no. Let's no. How is no? <laughs> how is how no this and this is an unfair question to ask because nobody from STG is on this uh, is on this pod. Who buys but, them? But who who it's decided? Cheap. I don't understand. When did someone decide that Punch was the brand that we're going to make? That we're going to make American Chinese food branded cigars. Why? Punch? I would understand if you could make like a Chinese. I don't think it was Justin. I got to be honest. <laughs> I don't know. I don't care. I'm not going to blame Justin on this I'm not trying to call anybody else. But it would make some sense if you were making like Chinese themed cigars, like year ofs, right? If you're the dragons, you can, dude, you can sell friggin' 20,000 boxes to China. They'll take it. Right. This can't punch this punch cigar can't be sold in China. So this is being sold to American consumers. So I'm again, it's fine marketing. That's fine. I'm just in my head. We're like in my head. When we talked on the show, it's like, after 10 years of cigars inspired by the gridiron in football, here we are at the big game show. And I'm sitting here and it's after five years of inspired by American <laughs> Chinese. Okay. That'd be Charlie. That'd be Charlie who wrote that. 
Inspired by American This guy be Charlie. I don't know who wrote it. Because I, I wrote food inspired. <laughs> I didn't write American Chinese, but it's got to be Charlie. And that's brilliant. I'm done I'm done talking about this. But it's such a subconscious little little jab at the situation. It's hilarious. It's absolutely hilarious. Because you know it's not like, I, unless, by the way. That's Charlie, by the way. I confirmed it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If Punch sent, if General, if SGG sent out a press release that was like our fifth year of Chinese American American Chinese food cigars, I mean, I mean, come on, they, they might have done that. I don't know. Well, well I the just, best, I can't. I read it. I can't stop laughing. It's the best hilarious. is when they put the they came out with the bento box that had was like a sampler <laughs> yeah. of all the Chinese food inspired cigars in a bento box. <laughs> who did? Who's can, idea can was just, that? Can we? Let's let's if you want to really argue semantics and culture, uh, bento box is actually a Japanese. I know, I know. It's actually Japanese, not Chinese. But that's th- why that's neither, that's neither here nor there. Uh, that was my point. Yeah. So anyway, I I have now commented officially on the post. I said inspiration at its finest. Let's see what happens from here after that. There we go. Boom. Yeah. Enter. Yeah. Inspiration at its finest. But, All right. Back to the. Uh, but cow- to- Cowboys. And Cowboys are a mediocre franchise. All right. They are. And they're relevant because ESPN tells us that we're supposed to watch and supposed to pay attention. Well, they have a big following. I get it, right? They have Here's a big my... okay, yeah. they, But they are a mediocre franchise, Goop. Look, say what you they want about them. They won 12 games three years in a row. How are they to... mediocre? How are they mediocre? I mean, I, mean, I hate I'm the talking Cowboys. about No, no. I'm talking about in 30 years since their last Super Bowl win. They have. They can't get over. Your, your thing was the – my argument is they can't get over the hump. And look, I say that as a Green Bay Packers fan, we can't do it. We we hit we hit the wall against San Francisco every year. That happens. You know what? We can't do it either. Like, but we have a winning culture because we have a consistent winning seasons. They're they're mm-hmm. going to be twelve. They were twelve and five this year. They're going to be seven and ten next year. Yep. And then they're going to be ten and seven. And then they're going to be eight and and eleven. It it is that has been their mo for thirty years. It doesn't it matter be- if Dave Campos, their coach, Chan Gailey, Bill Parcells, Mike McCarthy, Wade Phillips, Jason Garrett, Mike McCarthy. It doesn't matter who their coach is. They are a mediocre franchise. You Philly, know, I don't know Bro- fuck, Philly, I don't know what the fuck happened. Yeah, that, you know, that's my Cowboys take. Jay brought the point up of Landry losing a lot of playoff games. The difference is Landry got two Super Bowls out of it. That's the difference. So, yeah, Landry didn't lose a lot of playoff games. There's no question. But Landry still won two Super Bowls, and he went to five, I believe. So so a, that is a big difference. Like, we're talking – I don't think the Cowboys have been to a championship game, a conference championship game in a no, long and, time. And Jay brings up an interesting point in the chat. He says that no team has ratings even close to the Dallas, Dallas Cowboys, and that's why. Agreed. They're always American. I mean, that's, that's a very why good point. it's that's easy to get TV ratings. ratings early on national. No, but it's easy yeah. to get TV ratings. Hold on, let me make my point. It's easy yeah. to get TV ratings when you're constantly on primetime. And who puts you in fucking primetime? The networks do. Yeah, they do. They're, they're not gonna, they're, they're relevant not gonna... because they're relevant because the because I, ESPN tells us they're relevant. I would have rather seen CJ Stroud this year play more. You know? Yeah, but they have a smaller fan base. I, I get know, it. People, yeah. are, people want to watch the Cowboys. So it's not the prime time's not just putting on there because they're driving it down our throats. They're putting us on there because they know advertisers are going to advertise. They're going to do. They're all in yeah. bed on it. But yeah. the, the ratings yeah, is crazy. The There's a reason yeah. why, dude. You look back over the last twenty years. If you calculate the amount of pay, games that the Patriots played in prime time with all the games and shit they were winning, 
man, dude, you're lucky to get one one major prime one Monday night football game a year. But then you got the New York Giants on three or four times a year Monday night football. I mean, like, give me a break. Yeah. You know, they're getting destroyed and the Patriots are winning freaking seven super six Super Bowls. Yep. You know, they, they go to where the money's at. And as I said, the, the Patriots are a big franchise, but I, I don't know the statistics. I could be wrong. Uh, but I, I venture to think in the last 20 years that probably the Cowboys have played significantly more primetime games than the Patriots have, uh, especially now. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Before we, I want to just, what was the bigger implosion this year, the Eagles or the Cowboys? I think the Eagles because I think there's more of an expectation there. I don't think I don't think every I don't think people saw preseason like preseason football or going into the season, but like the Cowboys, oh, that's a twelve and five team. So I, I think, think, uh, I think uh, right. Eagles, I think the Eagles were were basically destined to get back to the Super Bowl and win it this year. There, in my opinion, I think it's definitely the Eagles. They, I mean, they were they were steamrolling people literally. And then it just came to a – how many games did they lose at the, in a, like the end of the year? Like, wasn't it – Five or six, like, right? Yeah, wasn't it five or six games out of like seven yep. or eight? They, I mean, yeah. I, I can't remember what they were, but they, they'd won like 10 or 11. They only won like one game out of the last eight games of the year. And then there was like six or five in a row or something. I mean, it was crazy. So, I mean, they, they really – I think they, they, they were a major disappointment. And uh, I think that was a massive collapse. The Cowboys didn't like fail at the end of the year. They just went twelve and five, you know. But their, you know, their defense was considered, you know, Micah Parsons was like all world. We were talking about him as an all world player, stuff like that. Well, they had the second best record in the league, so I mean, I guess that's pretty damn good, right? Yeah, yeah. And I think there was just this feeling, but you know, I think the feeling was going into the playoffs that both of those teams were in trouble. Like, I still think, like, I know the Packers was an upset, right? But I think people said, all right, they beat the Packers. They're going to fall in the next round or something like that. You know? Yeah, no one had them. No one had them past the, the second round. Yep. Again, yep. They're, they are a mediocre. They do not have a, they do not have a winning yep. culture in Dallas. Yep. They don't have a winning culture. Yep. Like, name. Like the the teams that you can name that have a winning culture, and despite the season that they had this year, the Patriots have a winning culture in the last yep. thirty years. The Packers have a winning culture in the last thirty years. Okay, I mean, there's the the, the list is short. Pittsburgh has a winning culture. Like we were talking, Pittsburgh about, has like, one of the best winning cultures. They have a ten and six record, and like they're yeah, ready, to, yeah. they're ready to burn the city down. The the Niners yeah. have a winning culture. I think you said the Niners have, and the Chiefs now obviously established that. Yeah, I think the Chiefs. Uh, yeah, but again, like we're, I'm talking about, I'm talking about big, like long term. Like the well, Chiefs don't well, have that culture. No, no. I mean, the Raiders used to have that. The Raiders have lost that. I yeah. mean, I'd say the Raiders for the first uh, twenty years of the Super Bowl era. Nobody, had, nobody else really, ha- nobody really has it in the NFL. Like we're talking about over thirty years. Yeah. Of culture and yeah. like there's the, the the list is short in it, but it's distinguished. Yeah. I mean, we have inter- the Steelers have had intermittent misses, but for the most part, they've had the culture. Yeah, I mean, yeah. the I mean the 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 and and again, not to not to really spit on your team here, Coop, but I mean, you had a you had a great run. In the, no, but in the, we had the, the, giant, clear- the Giants. The the Giants don't have. I mean, no, they don't. They're they're, they're embarrassment. They're yeah. Think they're, about think about their quarterbacks over the years, like like 
Sims to Sims to Hostetler. Like there's a there's a Danny Cannell in there. Yeah. Kerry Collins. Kerry Collins was so good for us though. But you're right. Uh, we had an idiot coach was the problem, and he was Fossil was terrible. And then, there, and then there's the yeah. Then there's to say nothing about the coaching carousel. I mean, Jesus. I mean, it's just it's it's a you know, yeah. they're just the the list is very very short, and it goes to show you how much more impressive the pay the, the we we go back to this every year because we have to how impressive the Patriots dynasty really was. It's fucking hard. Like having a winning culture, that's I'm not dissing for twenty entire for NFL. two decades. Yeah, for, for two, two decades. decades for twenty yeah. thirty years to have a winning culture. Yeah, in your organization is hard. Yeah. Well, it's mainly it's also it's designed that way, you know, with the the salary caps and things like that, which makes it even more impressive when teams can maintain that. You know, we're still looking at, even though we're, you know, we're, we're considering success in the playoffs or championships. I mean, the Cowboys have been pretty decent in terms of total record and wins over the decent. last 25, 30, 40 years. Yeah, but they've been way better than the Bengals, the Browns. I mean, the, oh, the yeah. shitty teams are still the shitty the Lions, teams. Detroit yeah. still sucks. They had a couple, they've had some good years, but they still ultimately over the grand scheme of things. So it's suck, like when yeah. you look at like the stock market, right? Other than COVID or whatever. Over like the lifetime of the stock market, that goes like this, right? The Lions have been like this. The Cowboys have been like this. The Patriots have been like this. Yeah. But the real good teams in the last 30 years in the league have been the real good teams in the last 30 years. And it has to come down to culture, right? Because you're looking at, especially 20 years, we're looking at similar ownership in a lot of these teams. It has to come down with the culture because you're talking the best players from different from college teams, people that are great athletes. It has to come down to culture. And to take it to the next level, it has to come down to culture and then your players. And if you have the people that are bought into it and, you know, and then they can actually get it done. That's why the Patriots thing was so unique. People talk about, oh, Brady, he wasn't a great athlete. Tom Brady's like 6'5", 235. Like, the dude's, like, not a freaking bad athlete. Like, oh, man, he was slow. He ran a 4'9". Dude, I ran a 4'9". That's pretty fucking fast, <laughs> you know, yeah. for a dude who's not running, you yeah. know. So, you know, to say that he, he's a good athlete. Like, he, I watched him do I don't see him watch Brady, like, play basketball. He's a good athlete. Dak Prescott's a really good athlete. So it has to break down the culture at that point, right? Yeah. And is Dak Prescott going to be the guy to, like, take on that culture? Brady had a massive chip on his freaking shoulder, a terrible chip. Hopefully, maybe as a cow, I'm a closet Cowboys fan, you know? So as a Cowboys guy like that, you know, hopefully this year a couple things will lose and maybe he freaking gets a chip on his shoulder. It's like, I'm going to show these guys what I can do. I just don't think he's that guy. I don't think he has that mentality. Brady hates everyone. He thinks everybody's out to get him, and he's worth a billion dollars. And he thinks everyone's out to get him. You know, you you yeah. don't have and Mahomes. Same thing. Look at the guys that look at people that complain like, "Oh, Mahomes is whiny on the sideline, this and that." I don't know. When was the last time you saw Dak Prescott got like really excited and whiny and upset about something? He's just kind of like, "All right, you know, hey, whatever." He's real yeah. serious. And, and Mahomes is on the sideline whining like a little girl because he's pissed. Good yep. for him. Like, pissed wins things. Yep. You can always apologize if you overreact. I shouldn't have done what you saw that this year with Mahomes. Guess yep. what? He's in the Super Bowl. I, I would, you know, Brady. I mean, he's throwing helmets around. He's throwing 
He's throwing iPads around. Good for him. He freaking won seven Super Bowls. How, how do you think he did that? I'll like, coach through iPad. I'll, I'll coach through an like, iPad too. <laughs> yeah, like if I was if I was freaking McCarthy, I'd be like, you know, Dak, take this iPad, get pissed at shit, bro. I, I love the guy who wants to take over a garbage can. I, I love that. Yeah, you're a stud, man. You're an He's, absolute take over garbage stud. Can. It's not, it's not you're mentally sound. He knows the game. Yeah, he's cerebral. He's got all the physical skills. Dude, get pissed off. You know, Jalen Hurts, I think, has got more dog in him than Dak does. If you put Jalen Hurts on the Cowboys, the Cowboys might be in the Super Bowl this year. I I don't like the OC they hired for him either. I think Kellen Moore is not the right guy for that. Me either, because he doesn't have any dog in him, dude. He played on a blue field. He's too – yeah, he's like – yeah, you know. He played on a royal blue field. Yeah, he's a putt. Like, come on. Like yeah, his, he was. All, his, I could, his he uniform matched the field he played on. Like that's that's finished way. Awful. That's not awful, dog. Awful. Awful. Um, awful. All right, let's get to the big game here. Uh, Chiefs Niners rematch from a few years ago. Uh, kind of an interesting road both teams had to get here. Um, you know they they didn't play great in the last month, so to speak, and uh, but they got it together in the playoffs, and uh, here we are back again with these two teams. Um, so how do you guys see the game, and what are your predictions um going for this game? You want me to go first, John? Um, yes, please. Uh, if I go first, you won't get to go. <laughs> yeah. Um, I um, I think this I think this is going to be a really great Super Bowl. I think it's going to be a, a really competitive game. I don't think there's going to be one sided of the ball like played. I don't think it's going to be a defensive matchup. I don't think it's going to be an offensive slugfest. I think it's going to be a really well played game, and we're going to see a you know a, a decent score on the scoreboard at the end of the day. There's going to be some great defensive plays, and there's going to be some great offensive plays made. Um, I uh, I I think that it's going to be relatively close. Uh, until the fourth quarter, and I think I think that's when the I think that's when the Chiefs will come out and play, and so I think Mahomes go, runs away with it in the fourth quarter. So with two late scores in the late of the fourth quarter, I think the the Chiefs run away with it. And it's going to be uh, thirty five to uh, twenty four. Wow, that's a pretty sizable spread. Yeah, yeah. I um thirty five twenty four Chiefs. Chiefs. Right? So I'm going from what we witnessed this last week, and the Chiefs' defense doesn't isn't as terrible as I thought it might have been. Bags has and done a great they, job with, yeah, yeah, he has, he has, and and they're playing at the right times, and they've done what they needed to do to beat the teams they needed to do, and this was obviously a big, you know, point of conversation. So the Chiefs were like, "Oh, he's never played an away game in the playoffs," which he he had. I mean, it was like a manipulated statistic. Um, every Super Bowl he's played has been an away game. Um, so they won those two away games. The one to me that was the most was this last one. This AFC Championship was huge. That was a big game, big win. They look good. They're going in pretty healthy. Um, they got a little drama going on, right? Of uh, of if uh, Tony is injured or not. I, I don't know if he's injured. Uh, he's terrible. He can't catch a football. Right. Um, so it, it doesn't make sense whether he's going to be in the game or not. So I don't look at that. They're trying to make that kind of a story on Facebook and social media, but it didn't really pick up 
I saw it one time and then kind of just went to the wayside. Uh, but I, I don't think the Lions are a bad team, but I was surprised they put up the points that they put up. I'm also surprised they gave up the points they gave up, which made me think that San Francisco's offense is is hitting on a really good path right now, particularly in the second half. But I'm not convinced simply because they played one half of football and, and they played a great half of football. But Brock Purdy didn't do anything to me that went out to me and said, hey, like, this is the guy still. He just didn't make any mistakes. Yeah. The team was good. And he's got Christian McCaffrey, who's excellent, which is fine. You can't judge him there. He's not making – part of his job is not to make mistakes. Um, but I still haven't seen that game where he comes out and throws two or three touchdowns in a big game that really matters and makes things happen. Like I was waiting to see that happen. So I didn't watch, I didn't watch the AFC championship or the NFC championship game this year. I was at Epcot at Disney with my wife and daughter and I was paying attention to it, but I I saw the score and I went back in because the the Niners were uh, behind by a decent margin. So I went back in and I expected to see some crazy statistics of like Purdy going from, you know, Oh, he threw like two touchdowns this thing. He didn't do a lot. No. You're going to have to do some things because Mahomes is going to do something. He has weapons, and one of them happens to be himself. And um, so you're going to have to do something. So I'm, I'm on the edge of what's going to happen with that. But because I'm on the edge, I really see the Chiefs controlling this game. The NFL uh, loves dynasties. The NFL – would love a team to be a dynasty in the middle of the country. I don't think that it's it's rigged by any means. I think there's no, bad it's not. It's, yeah, this it's is, not this freaking is rigged. You know, yeah. it's not reality television. You know, it's not the WWE. By the way, WWE is not rigged. It's scripted. It's a freaking reality show. Yeah, but yeah. so I don't see that being that way. But they're just better. They're just a better team. I could see the Niners winning. I think they're pretty good in any given Sunday, right? I mean, the Chiefs lost, what, six games this year? They could easily lose a game to the Niners. You know, I mm-hmm. I just – but I just don't see it happening in the Super Bowl. Um, so, I'm going I'm going Chiefs. I think they're going to make enough plays. I, I, I don't think it's going to be as high scoring as Bear said, just because every time I think it's going to be high scoring, it ends up not being. So, it's probably going to be reversed. But I'm going to go uh, – I'm going to go – Jeez, oh, I'm between 27 or 30 to the Chiefs to 21 or 24 Niners. So I'm going to go 30 to 24 Chiefs. Wow. I need a couple field goals. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think that uh, I th- the way that I see it going is I see the Chiefs making a big stop early in the fourth quarter to get possession. They'll be down going into the fourth quarter, like 24, 21. And then they come back and score two touchdowns. They get a big, they get a big stop in the early fourth quarter and then they get another defensive stop and then they take possession and they, they score a late touchdown, but it'll be the defense, the chief's defense that wins, wins like unassumingly wins it for them by making some really good stops in the fourth quarter and giving that gap. Like it's not going to be Mahomes running, ran, you know, running rampant over the 49ers defense. He's not going to throw over 500 yards. You know, it's, no. he's going to have a he's going to have a 275 yard passing game. He's going to throw for three touchdowns. 
He's not going to throw. He's going to throw. Uh, he's going to throw one pick in the first half. Purdy's going to. Purdy's not going to throw a pick, but he's going to throw for. He's going to throw for equal amount of yards. He's going to throw for between two fifty and two seventy five. He's going to have like one touchdown, unless he throws to McCaffrey. But McCaffrey's going to score like three touchdowns. So I got a problem. My problem is I you like the I Giants. Have... Wait, sorry, what? No, I have a little bit of a I have a little bit of skin in this game this year. Oh shit! Okay, because I've gotten to know Steve Wilkes, the defensive coordinator for the Niners. Um, I've okay. got you know I interviewed him. I I think he's an unbelievable guy. Um, and look, I'll be the first one to say he was his defense was awful in the first half against Detroit, right? But he did make adjustments in the second half. Detroit imploding that being with. Um, so I think I have a lot of respect from he overcame a lot of adversity this year. You know, there was that whole controversy of him in the booth versus on the sideline. There was a little, there was talk of a little, but I will tell you that Steve Wilkes thinks very highly of that organization. Um, I, I, I don't think they're going to fire him at the end of the year, no matter what. Um, but this is going to, I think the defense is going to be more of a key factor than you think. And I don't. I am rooting for Steve Wilkes to win the Super Bowl, but I don't think he will. Uh, I think in the end, Mahomes knows how to win. He's been here before. He knows how to win. The one he lost was against Brady. Okay, just keep that in mind. The one he lost was with Brady. I think Andy Reid blowing games is no longer a factor like it used to be. And I think this. I think the secret sauce for the Chiefs is Pacheco. Uh, he can make big plays and, and big moments too. If, especially if Mahomes just can't make it done, he, and he can be a key role in, in late in the game of running the clock down. But I'm going to have this as much lower scoring than you guys have. I have this 24-21, the Chiefs um, winning. I just think uh, the, the Niners will come out of that and losing to the better team. And I, I just think the Chiefs are a little bit of a better team right now. They got a lot of experience with this. This will be the last run for the Chiefs, I believe. I believe this unless I think they're going to go through a transition. So, um, and I have more confidence, believe it or not, of Andy Reid than, than Shanahan, and, but I am rooting for the Niners. I am not lying to you. Um, I would love to be, uh, have a little feather saying that Steve Wilkes was on our show and was the defensive coordinator of Super Bowl champion. So, uh, All right. yep. what's so, your prediction? 24-21 Chiefs. 24, I'm putting it down as I did last year, 24-21 Chiefs. Bear, you said 35-24? 35-24, Chiefs. And you had 31-24? I said 30-24. to 24. Yeah, I think it's going to be lower score. I don't score even know right. if that makes sense. I think it's going to be lower score. I think these defenses are really good. I think most is of the scoring like will happen in the fourth possible... quarter, too. I think the scoring will happen is, in the fourth Is 30 a possible number without a safety? Like, all right, so, like, one, you two, miss three, a two three pointer touches, or something. 20, 20. Yeah, yeah, you can do 30. You go for a two-pointer oh, or yeah, something. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they could get three touchdowns. And a field goal. I tell you, I see this. I can see this coming down no, to the four last possession. Yeah, I need. I might need to adjust this. So three touchdowns and and three extra points is twenty one, right? Yeah. So I need three field goals. So I need twenty. I need three touchdowns and three field goals. So I'm sick with at... that. Thirty to twenty four. I'm sick with it. Okay, and I'm going twenty four twenty one. Twenty four twenty one. I got it there. Thirty five twenty four. I'm going to put in parentheses twenty seven. 24 for me. Okay. So I'm making two predictions. Yeah. But I think I think this is gonna be a second half scoring game. 
Now, if this goes to a shootout early, I think that the, the Chiefs are going to run away with this, though I'll say. But I don't think it's going to come to a, sh- a shootout early. Um, I think Spags and, and there's not going to be there's not going to be a, there's not going to be a second score there's not going to be a score there's not going to be a scoring drive until late in the first quarter early in the second. I, I could see that as a realistic scenario. I, I see that as a realistic scenario. So there we go. We're all going Chiefs. So we're all predicting Chiefs, but my heart is with the Niners this year. I mean, uh, I, I wouldn't object to seeing the Niners win. I think it would be excellent. I would I, like to see I, Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. I think he's a good guy. Yeah. Um, you don't hear any drama around yeah. them. He's got Miss Universe on his side. So I'm you happy know, with it. And same thing with it. These are two good teams, man. There's a lot of cool stuff. And yeah. I know we haven't mentioned Taylor Swift yet, but everybody needs to get over that stuff. It's it's uh, good and, for the game. It's good for the game. Oh, it's not just good for the game. She's in entertainment. She's the biggest celebrity in the world. Yeah, she's not um, performing, by the way. People got to get that. She's, no. First of all, she's not going to have time to perform because she's coming. She's going to have to come from Tokyo for the game. Yeah. Uh, and second of all, they're not going to do that to Usher. Who they, you know, Usher has been given that halftime show. So she's not yeah, going to have time way, to do it. Yeah. Usher's going to do a great job. Looking forward to the halftime yeah. show. Yeah. Um, but no, it's it's a really, it's a really, honestly, it's a really fun game. Um, all around, in my opinion, and you got we got a cool storylines. You yeah. know, Montana went to the Chiefs, so that's kind of cool. They'll talk about that. Yep. In the lead up to it, uh, it's a really fun game, man. They're you know, and right now the the Chiefs are at the beginning of potentially being you know a dynasty. You yeah, know, I mean, I think of... this could be the last run, though. I think they're gonna have to go through some changes. They're gonna have to re that all that's gonna be retold next year. I agree. I 100% agree. I was thinking yeah. about that today when I was I was doing yeah. some uh, a workout at the gym, and I was like, this just feels like the last run for a little while. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And just because – just because, you know, I, I don't know. Andy Reid Andy Reed just looks like he's at the end of life sometimes. Yeah. I don't mean that insulting. Yeah. He's not – he doesn't yeah. take care of himself at all. No. Um. Kelsey's considering potentially retiring. Uh, allegedly, there's news coming out about that. I think that'd be ignorant for him to do that. Keep playing. Well, um, I think he made this he retires, brother. Would, yeah, I guess. I don't know. But I think he needs to keep playing. Um, and, you know, I'm not making that decision for him. But, I, you know, if he's healthy, play. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. He's making so much money now with all these endorsements with Pfizer and Bud Light and everybody. And it's yeah. not going to get any worse with Tay-Tay. Um, but yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you, Cube. I feel the same thing. I'm like, this is you. Could, it feels like that run they're on is got to come to a little bit of an end. I'm not like when the, after the Patriots won their future, first three, change. after yeah. the Patriots won three, there was a little bit of an adjustment period as well. And I think. But do you think? Su- do you think though, if there is that decline, does Andy Reid stick around, or does there does Mahomes' next opportunity come with a different coach? The way I look at it, it's going to come from a different coach, right? Yeah. I just don't see Andy Reid being there for that period of time. Yeah, and I think they're going to make – I mean, this is my feeling of Andy Reid would have stepped down after this game. I think they'll make Spagnuolo the coach. Um, I'm, I, I love Spagnuolo. I just don't know how he is as a head coach. I don't think he's the right – So, but I, I don't know who else they would make the coach on that team. It would have to, They're not going to make Matt Nagy the coach. I mean, they'll give it to Spagnolo for sure. Um, so, and he'll be a transition coach if that happens. So, yep. you know, you know, kind of like, uh, you know, I, I, yeah. So I see, I see this kind of maybe coming to the end. I, I think the Niners will still be 
a factor for the next few years up. But, uh, but you know, I'll just say this, I, you know, and I really got to talk to Steve Wilkes um, outside the interview. And, and he told me so much about the organization of the Niners. And, and I'm not taking anything away from the Chiefs. They're great. I just don't know their organization. There's so much I learned about that organization and how it's, how it's run and everything and, and how positive he is to be a part of that culture. Uh, they just an organization that he says, you know, from top to bottom, they, it's from ownership to the GM. Uh, it, it's a great organization. Um, you know, so it's kind of a, you know, Jed York kind of gets a little bit of a bum rap because he's not Eddie DeBartolo, but he's done a good job, Jed York. He's let the football te- people run that organization. So, uh, and they've spent money when they need to spend money. So, um, and they have stability at the head coach. You know, Kyle Shanahan has been there seven years now. He's not going anywhere. Um, I don't think he's the greatest coach of all time, but he, uh, you know, I could see him having three or four more years there for sure. So I just don't, I just think I have so much with Mahomes, right? You know, and, and the other thing we didn't mention is the Chiefs won two very big games on the road, which is something they have not done in this run. That they showed that they can win. They went into Buffalo. They were underdogs in the Buffalo game. Um, and, uh, you know, they, you know they, they won that game. Uh, and then they were underdogs in the Ravens game as well. And that's not an easy, that was not an easy game either. So uh, they did a good job. Um, both sides of the ball, they did a good job in those games. And in fact, they they dominated, you know, Baltimore a little more than I'd say the Niners dominated um, in the, in their in their championship game. So, um, you know, the Lions. So, Lions. You know, we, we the whole Dan Campbell thing is a little blown out of proportion too. But uh, yeah, I think it'll be a good game. All right. So, John, we got to do one more sponsor thing. Can you stick around for one more segment? Yeah, hundred percent, absolutely. Okay, great. So, um, so we're gonna get into our great things are happening here segment, sponsored by Tobacco USA, makers of iconic brands such as Monte Cristo, Romeo Julieta, A. Chapman, and Aging Room Cigars. Tobacco USA, great things are happening here, and they were voted our large company of the year this year, by the way, Bear, uh, by the Coop team this year. So, uh, good, That's good right. job, good job. And of course, Raphael was voted Person of the Year this year. And that was two uh, competitive categories they were this year. Yep, very much yep. so. Yep. So, um, so this is where we talk about good news happening in the world, as opposed to all the bad news happening. Um, and Bear and I each pick a good news story. Uh, Bear, I'll kind of let you. Let me kind of get the the notes up here. But do you want to kick it off first? Yeah, go ahead and pull the pull the story yep. up. So, so, um, so yeah, I think your I think your story as usual is more interesting than my story, but uh, it's not a bad story by any means. Mine. Yeah. Uh, mine's a little weird story. I think this week. Well, mine's a little uh, weird too, but it has a cool, interesting background. So, yeah, I, and, so and it's the Scotland connection, I know. So, uh, let me well, share yeah. the screen. So, I, I've told the story in the past. So, uh, the, now with the seventeen-game season, it's kind of messed with our uh, the, the school, uh, the schedule at my church. So, uh, for those who may not be aware, I, I attend I attend First Presbyterian in Fort Worth, Texas, and the Presbyterian. There's two Presbyterian denominations. One's PCUSA, which is the one I happen to be along with. Uh, belong to and PCUSA uh, celebrates um, the history of its church every year with a Sunday called Kirkin of the Tartans. So Kirk is, you know, Scottish for church. So, and, and, and it celebrates its Scottish heritage. Um, and before it was actually Super Bowl Sunday, it would fall on Super Bowl Sunday every year when they went to the 17 game season, they stopped, but every, every Kirkin of the Tartans, which will be this Sunday, uh, at my church, we um, we celebrate the history of our church, and uh, it's really great. And it's 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 a it's a wonderful event. 
people there's a there's a ceremony where we walk the the, the the tartans down down the church aisles we have bagpipes and um we even have some people in our congregation are scottish you know still so they they uh we have them you know they have they're very much a part of the celebration and everything and you know there's a lot of families that have uh scottish heritage and including um including you know you know my kids have scottish in them so yeah. uh, from their mom so and uh in fact my youngest son his middle name is uh is uh is a family name from uh from her side of the family that's that's scottish and so right. they're part of the campbell clan and so uh um, thank campbell clan yeah. campbell clan campbell so i used to play soccer for a team called clan campbell i know that <laughs> and uh so uh we uh in our, our church and the a lot of the men were kilts and it's just a it's a it's a fantastic yeah. thing man it's really it's a beautiful it's a beautiful ceremony and it's a beautiful celebration of history which i love and it's one of the things that i really love about my my church and its congregation so the story and why it caught my eye was just because of that and that's coming up and everything but there's this woman uh, in scotland that has had a centuries old uh, skill paced down placed uh, passed down to her she is a considered a master kilt tailor which is very rare in fact it's a dying profession and so that so that the art form and craftsmanship of being a master kilt tailor doesn't die she is now posting um classes online in hopes to actually have other people follow in her footsteps so that her skill doesn't die off which is really cool uh and so um and uh the uh um so it's just a really cool story and uh it's it's you know you know um the history of kilts in, in scotland is, is is actually really misunderstood uh i can go into a long diatribe about that but you know it's um you know it's you know the whole fact that uh you know mal gibson as william wallace in in uh in braveheart was wearing a kilt is actually factually incorrect kilts didn't come around until later but that's neither here nor there uh, but the uh, but it's it's a beautiful you know it's a beautiful uh, beautiful history of the country and and yep. uh, tartans are a big huge uh, part of uh, you know uh, of the celebrating the lineage of of historic families in that country and it's 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 just a, it's a wonderful thing and and it's great to see that uh, you know old skills are getting passed down to another generation and hopefully uh, hopefully she's successful and a lot of people complete these courses and there's more master tailors that continue uh, continue the craft for for more generations. Very nice. Very, have you worn a kilt? No. And it's not because of lack of wanting. It's because, right, I was just because, uh, because I'm too fat and they're really expensive uh, <laughs> and they, they charge by the size. So, but my uh, youngest son, my youngest son will actually be wearing, I got, I have a picture here. Uh, um, I'll, uh, I'll update, uh, I'll update, I'll send it to you. Cooper. You can post this part of the story, but he, he, uh, He's going to be wearing a kilt uh, that we that we got in Scotland this this past year, uh, and it is a Campbell clan uh, yeah. kilt, and he'll be wearing it on Sunday, and he is very excited, uh, and I'm 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 so excited that he's excited. So it'll be it'll be fun. Very nice. That's awesome. Very very nice. Good job, Bear. Yeah, good job. All right. So my story is um, comes from Europe as well, uh, which I thought was pretty interesting. Um, and you know, I'm always into these archaeological finds. Uh, so when I find a good archaeological find story, um, I'm interested in this. And this one caught my attention. Um, this thing here that we're looking at is called a Dota 
dodecahedron. Uh, a dodecahedron is a 12-sided object. Um, and these have been being uncovered in Europe, particularly northern Europe. Uh, they found some in Belgium, but most of them have been found in Britain. Uh, all we know is that these objects, they found 130 of these objects uh, lately um, and uh, over the past few years. And we only know that they, they all trace back historically to when the Romans were occupying those areas. Um, but no one has any idea what these things are. Um, so some of this, like I said, we just know the science can trace it back to Roman times, uh, these dodecahedrons, but, um, what they are, we don't know. Some people, there's theories that they were ritual devices. Some say they were used as a weapon. Uh, some would just say personal ornaments. Some would say they may have been re uh, religious objects for some of the kind of, um, the barbarian type of tribes, you know, those types of things. Um, but no one knows. They they do range in different sizes. They do range in different weights. Um, so no, no one quite knows. Some are light and some are heavy. But there's a lot of these that have been coming out lately. Um, so it's kind of going to be an interesting thing to see if, you know, now that the science has been found, what are the historians going to do with this? And, and I think it's kind of interesting to see what happens with that. So uh, definitely, uh, dodecahedrons are pretty cool. They, they look cool. I, they look, I don't know what they are. I, I have no idea what they could be. They're pretty cool looking, though. They That's are awesome. pretty cool. Yeah. What, like, what, are they, what are they made of? Are they made of metal? Or are they they're made, made of metal. metal detect yeah, they're made wow. of metal because the metal detectors found them. Um, yeah, they they kind of look like a, like a depth charge that you would have like in the water, in my opinion. Like a, like a landmine for the water. Like a depth yeah. charge. It's, it's they interesting. Can... They could be. I mean, they, I can't see them as a weapon because they're just too big, right? So, yeah. to me, I think it's some ritual thing going back to the non-Christian sects, you know, that were dominating those areas in Roman times. That That's kind of like my dear, because they didn't find any of these in, in like, you know, Italy or Eastern Europe, right? They were yeah, they have, they have some kind of gothic, uh, you know, that, kind of like a, like the Visigoths or the, something yeah. like that. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. So uh, it'll be interesting to see what what happens. Like I said, metal detectors started finding these things, and then they just, I guess, did some. Uh, they did. Uh, they last year was actually when they first found it in Belgium, and then they went into England and found a whole bunch of these. And there's 130 that that have been found total. Um, and Britain had the most at 33. So there's you know some you know all scattered, but mostly northern Europe it was. So well, I'm curious to see how that story plays out. So I always think it's good when they do an archaeological find. So I'm I'm into that. All right. That was our great things are happening here segment brought to you by Tobacco Area USA. All right. The final segment. So, John, I just want to get a little LFD update for you. And I have one question I got to ask you right, right out. When are we going to see the LG? <laughs> so the uh, the LG did make a brief appearance Towards the end of the year, we had uh, we had one of the sizes. We're going to be doing four sizes, right? Uh, allegedly, right. And one of the sizes, which will be coming back, is called the Lusitano. That's the Toro. And we had, yep. We, yep, we had four boxes of those at a special event we did towards the end of the year with uh, with Lido and uh, Lido Junior in uh, City Cigar in Miami. It was just four boxes of it that we had just for fun, and uh, so. We're we're looking at uh, announcing uh, the sizes, pricing, 
and the release date in late February, early March before the PCA show. And we're looking to try to ship those products around that time as well. And the unique side of what the product is, is it won't be in every retail store immediately. It's going to be a slow rollout. And we're going to work with a small number of retailers first and make sure that we service all those accounts because this is going to be a product that in the past was a vintage crop where you would say it was released in 2015. It was from our tobaccos from 2011. Yep. And so this is going to be more of an ongoing type blend. Uh, but it's still 100% Dominican, all from our farm. It's a single country puro um, and a single, far- sorry, a single farm puro, uh, just ours. So, it, but it will be blended to us essentially a flavor profile and produced at a somewhat regular basis. Uh, so it won't be like, hey, it's coming out once a year type of thing or twice a year. Uh, it'll be, we'll make as much as we can, but it'll still be allocated accounts. Uh, so, yeah, we hope to have that in March from what I've been told. And then shortly after that, we hope to have the TAA Emirad, the 55th anniversary version of that for the TAA accounts too, um, in uh, late spring, early summer. But yeah, beautiful product. And I, yep. it, it's, I did smoke it. It's awesome. It's fun to have LG back. I'm a big fan of Dominican Me tobacco. Too. Me too, yeah. And especially Puros in the Dominican. Um uh, really unique, and uh, I guess that's kind of a, a double positive, but uh, it's going to be fun to have that back. It's been a long gap, and I think the anticipation is going to be great. One of the things I've said about it is it's been about eight or nine years since this has been released, so there's a lot of new smokers that don't even yeah. know what this is. So it's it's going to be a new release to a lot of people. It's going to be the return of something very special to a lot of other people and on a good amount of our retailers, and uh, you know, I think we're going to be able to really do this justice on a number of levels. Obviously, the cigar is going to speak for itself, but uh, even though cigars speak for themselves, when people enjoy them, it needs to be presented the correct way in the right fashion. Um, you know, we have a great plan for that. So it is on its way. Uh, it will be this first half of the year. Um, so we will have that going on. Um, in regards to the PCA show coming up in March, uh, this is our 30th anniversary. Yep. I was, was going to say. Um, we were so, going to mention that. Yep. Yeah. Carney yep. stole so my thunder. You gave me so much crap for not remembering the twenty fifth. Yep. I was going to the. 30th. Well, that was kind of our fault too, because it was kind of, which it should have been huge, but there was just so much going on that year. And I know all three of us have talked about that. There was just so much going on that year, with with expansions. You had Andalusian Bowl going out of control. Uh, you know that twenty fifth anniversary scar. By the way, we still do produce it. It was going to be limited edition. And it really kind of took off and people enjoyed it. So uh, we don't make a ton of it, but we do continuously make That's that good. product. That's you can good. still find it. Yeah, yep. that was a great cigar. It um, was. And really simplistic in the way it looked, but elegant at the same time in terms of the packaging. Right. Um, so it was just really nice. So, yeah. So I'd asked Lito about a year or so ago, maybe two years ago now. I said, hey, what do you think about making the LG on uh, LG making the 25th continuously ongoing? He's like, what do you think? And I said, I think people like it. He's like, all right, let's do it then. And I said, yeah, yeah I go, I like it's it. going on. By the way, it has maintained very well. Um, so that's been great. But yeah, 30th anniversary. Uh, we're definitely going to be, uh, we're definitely in a position to hype this up way more than we had in the past. Um, we just finished at the end of last year, Alito just finished a massive expansion at the factory. Yeah. Um, it's, it's are you coming? You're coming to Pro Cigar. Correct? I will be a Pro Cigar. Yes. All right. So this is my 40th birthday this year. Oh wow! So we're gonna have a big, big 40th birthday celebration on the last night. 
the gala will be the actual 40th birthday. Uh, but we, it's going to be fun for you to see it. And fun. Are, you, are you coming to the factory? Um, as of now, I may not be. Um, Ooh. only because I, I have to, I may have to cover around a couple of other factories, right. but that's not right. a done. I haven't locked anything in yet. So Dude, what final. you gonna do? I'm not gonna be offended either way. All yeah, I want to go, but I went is... two years in a row, so that's my 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 dilemma here. Not it's not the same factory that you went to last year. I know, <laughs> I know. That's why. It, it... Yeah. yeah, it's really different. Everything's different. The whole outside's different. There's a new facade on the outside. Um, the land space that the factory takes up now is twice the size of what it was last year. Um, there's a completely new main entrance. Um, it's not where it was at. There's new buildings. Um, it's quite substantial. So, I mean, cover what you got to cover, and yeah. I'll just give you a hard time about it. But right, um, right. Well, <laughs> we'll, so, we'll, but no, we have a lot. We have a lot of excitement coming this year, and there's not a lot of distractions going into the PCA show. Uh, so, you know, we're really in a spot where you know I think we're going to have a great opportunity to celebrate the 30th anniversary, really give it the attention that it deserves, um, in terms of the short-term nature of it. Um, in turn, and in terms of the note, uh, you know, I I think you're going to see. <clears throat> I I uh, you know I sit back and look at top twenty five lists and factories of the year and people of the year and all this stuff. This is no offense to anybody, but I watch us every year have our best years ever, and and like we made it on like two lists this year. You know, uh, and by the way, thank you. I know you. you that was an like, amazing like, story. I don't totally. even think a lot of the people didn't even smoke it. Like, how, like how... I was, I told you that I made a very. I said media missed the boat on that cigar. I, I think I'm going to be here's, here's what I'm going to tell you. This is not an attack on media, but the problem is the problem is, and maybe this is our problem. We just don't send people freaking a ton of free freaking cigars. You know what I mean? And this is not to to bash on anyone. This no. and that. But every year, there's like friggin' 18 Steve Saka cigars. There's like friggin' 15 Drew Estate cigars that are always on the list. And it's not shocking to me because that companies, they're great companies. They're smart. There's a lot of marketing. They make very good cigars. Saka's got a great palate. Noid in Nicaragua makes great cigars for him. Right. But you sit in these things, and I know these people are just getting peppered with stuff. Because every time I go to Matthew yeah. Tobacco's house, I leave with freaking 27 duffel bags. I leave with a box of this, a box of that. Yep. So this is what people are smoking. And the perfect example was last year. And this isn't being sour grapes. Right. It's just I wish people – and, I, you know, this is a compliment to me, Coop. Obviously, you and I have a friendship too. But this is a compliment to you on it. You go out of your way to try cigars that – you strategically have thought about what you're trying to smoke. Whereas when I see a list that has 20, has 20 cigars on it and 12 of them are out of the same exact factories yep, with just different branding, you didn't go anywhere other than what was in front of you and was easy to smoke. And you talked about it. It's not, it's not to knock on anybody, but you know, you know, do a little bit of journalism and go out there and see what's new, try it, smoke it and see what you think. And I think you have a great mix of it. I think the consensus that Half Wheel does is a pretty good representation. But all it is, I mean, all that is is a, a representation of people that are all rating the same exact freaking cigars. Yeah, that was kind of, we did Aaron Loomis's show recap, and that was my big argument as a consensus. I think the consensus, it's Charlie's ding, like I said, but I think he's, it needs, it needs a change because it's, 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 he's proven the same thing every year. 
who's getting these. I, I talked about how. Yeah, because you know, the same people are rating the same cigars every year. Yeah. You know, they're rating different versions of the same cigar. Yeah. But I think you're going to see a lot of excitement from us naturally, not because we're going to be sending everybody a bunch of free cigars to try. Uh, the main reason we don't do that is because we want our consumers to be able to buy that. I, you know, we're, I, we're backed up all the time. Yeah. And that's very important to us. I have bought um, multiple boxes of the Solis. I don't have receipts for it. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> people think I could. Have I know. I, what, I know. I haven't sent them to you. No. But, they, I, 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 yeah. So. Yeah, but, I but I've been told. You know, you know I, I've been told not yeah. only should I have to buy cigars, I have to show the receipt. I've been told now. That's the new day. <laughs> That's the new day. You're doing me. Yeah. But uh, you know, I think this is going to be a year where you're going to see a lot of excitement around what we're doing. I think there's people going to realize a lot of what's going on. We're we're adding an additional million cigars to our to our production this year. Um, so, you know, it's 30th anniversary, a million new cigars. Our factory looks like a freaking Tuscan village in the middle of the Dominican Republic. Yeah. Um, you know, if that doesn't get some attention, then I don't know what does. But there is one list I'm going to mention, and I do mention it if you follow me on Facebook. Um, Corona puts out a list every year, okay? Yes, and we're going to talk about there, that in a minute, there, yep. Yeah, they're like the largest, besides Famous Smoke Shop, and they're just a website. And they, they got a retail store, but their their business is their website business. Corona is the largest independently owned brick-and-mortar retail stores in the planet. Right. Okay? And they put their top 25 lists together. And the way their staff works is... It's so busy in those stores yep. that the consumers are making decisions. And by the way, they sell every cigar, right? Yep. So you look at the largest retail outlet in the world, okay? And you look at their top twenty-five, top 30 cigars and SKUs and this and that. And then when you look at the actual top, the rated cigars from pretty much anybody's lists, like 85% of the cigars that are the top cigars of the year aren't even in their top 30. So it's like, you know, you can you can say these are great. You can say this is that. But what the consumer buys really has an impact on what's produced in the scar market. You know, I can joke around. I'm sure if somebody was watching from STG and I'm making I'm making fun of the cigars made by American Chinese food. I'm sure they have a number and they can say, you know, if Justin's watching us, but, you know, I'm busting balls, having a good time. That's my mantra. We have a good time with it. But I'm sure you can say, well, dude, we sold like freaking a million of these last year. Yeah. But, you know, men lie, women lie. The numbers don't. Yeah. You know, when it comes down to that. So I love looking at lists that are really numbers based. And, uh, you know, on a journalistic level, I like seeing lists that are focused on seeing people actually seeking out, hey, you know, I want to find this. I want to try this. I need to have an idea of where this is at. And that's a mix in that. Not, not just like, 15 of your 20 cigars coming out of the same factory in Nicaragua because you like that flavor profile. Yeah. Give me a break. Anyway, I don't know where I came off of that. I guess I just said, no, um, let me, let me tell on to that. So this Thursday on primetime episode 295, Jeff will be on and we're going to break down oh, his list. So I asked Jeff, um, and I never, I don't think any show has had Jeff on to talk about this list. So we're going to get into a lot of that on on the show because we think it's. I agree with you. I agree. It's. It's. Look, I get there's certain home cigars that they have in there, right? And they're going to always try to sell their own. But 
But that list, I do believe, is a very transparent list of uh, what Jeff does. And he breaks it down by units, by boxes, by revenue. Um, and it is a good list. And I don't think it's been talked about. And I want to give Jeff the opportunity to talk about that list. Um, well, it's unique and, too. What's yeah. unique about his list too is like, okay, so last year, he one of his stores was called Davidoff. Okay. Yep. And obviously, his store is not called Davidoff anymore. Yep. It's Corona Tampa, right? Yep. So for whatever reason, that went away. You know, they decided to do a different type of vibe, but he still sold all those Davidoffs, right? And it yeah, wasn't just that's what I'm saying that so that's what yeah. When that's you what take the name off, that means hey, we're going in a different direction, whatever, whether it was good, bad, or whatever. Who, who cares? Yeah. But when you take that off, hey, we're going in a different direction, but then it's still one of the top sellers. So you know, and then it's like, well, nobody buys flavors here. Everyone buys flavors. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, you know, yeah. and then you have stuff situations that came out when you hear people that have situations with different lawsuits. Yep. Uh, you know, there's a company came out that was making some flavored cigars for, you know, that were competing against uh, yep. uh, the Fat Bottom Bettys and stuff like that. I feel like, oh, why? I don't bother. Man, that's the largest retail in the world. And 10 of his top freaking 25 cigars were freaking Fat Bottom Bettys and yep. flavored stuff that were from the Deadwood brand. And you're wondering why there's like a lawsuit involving somebody that's trying to compete against it, doing something different, right or wrong. It's not our job to determine that. It's the courts right. to determine that. Yep. But like, they're like, oh, well, I'll give it a break. And this big ass money involved in that. Oh, like, yeah. This guy sold like probably $3 million yeah. worth of freaking Deadwood last year. Yeah. <laughs> that's wild. Yeah. And you know what's interesting about that? Um, I do, I actually do analytics on the website every year on January 1st to see what, what, what brands are dominate deadwood drew estate's always in the top two and the, the big hit the big power player on drew estate is the deadwood line and i think the deadwood i reviewed is is top five of all time red review so again that there is absolutely my readers are looking at that and when i that was one thing that really intrigued me about when i saw jeff's list this year mm -hmm. um so uh i'm like i said and i asked jeff if we could break the list down he's very very uh enthusiastic about that so i'm glad we're gonna have that opportunity to do that on thursday i was glad we were able to get him because i didn't know if i was gonna be able to get him there's some interesting questions here so sean sean was mentioned he said the dead deadwood tobacco list i'm not sure what that means but he's like how do you validate corona's list when a lot of it's deadwood and acid what does that say about his customer i don't know sean has sean been to corona before yeah i don't know because but it, it's, I, I guess, i'm telling you i mean the place is crazy yeah, I mean, there's you go in, it's open from nine to two a.m. They're only closed like six hours a day. Yeah, I mean, it's wild. I, what? What? All right. So I guess if Cigars International, Famous, and Jr. and C, all those guys released, guess what? Their list would look pretty similar because yeah. you've got so many tourist people going down there. Yeah, and it's crazy. I, I'm not same thing. Sean said I'm not an infused flavored guy. Me neither. It's not my yep. stuff. Yeah, but they're it. It does just because we don't smoke it and we're at a different level of it doesn't mean that it's not huge. And then interested, like filtered into that is all these other brands. So you said this Thursday you're doing the show? This with Thursday. You? This Thursday on primetime. Oh, man. Yeah. That'll uh, be you, awesome to watch. You can't see it live. Catch yeah. the replay. Uh, Jeff's always yeah. a great guest for us. We haven't had him on in a couple of years. So it's been a while. Uh, normally I do the show from Corona. Around yeah. the barn smoker, but the barn smoker moved and it did not work with my schedule. I'll say another thing. So I stopped 
I made a very I had to go to Tampa because I was driving Jose Blanco around, right? Um, but I made a quick stop about ten o'clock at night at Corona to just grab a cigar, grab some cigars, and ha- just take a break before going on to Tampa. And I was helped by a, ver- uh, a young man, and he was very helpful. This young man, in terms of understanding what I was looking for, he did not. They did not try to push anything on me. Um, and it turned out that was Jeff's son, uh, who was who was like, helping me out. And I, I, I and uh, I gotta say that kid is very knowledgeable. Very knowledgeable that kid, and uh, I ended up buying a few cigars. One of them was the, I was looking for the, one of the Mirafels that night, so I found the Mirafel, um, and I did get a receipt for that cigar, by the way. So as, as I showed better, <laughs> so I did get a receipt, and uh, so I just and I know the staff there. I know H for a long time, and I know mm-hmm. how the staff works there. They're not trying to push a cigar on you; they, they educate you. So I know Jeff's selling maybe a lot of his FSG cigars, but it's not. But they're trying to push on you, um, and I've seen them work with other customers with that. It'll they be are, it'll be a really interesting show. I mean, I, if you I said if you're watching and you're interested in hearing, you know what the vast you know there's yeah. there's small pockets, but Jay even said on he's like I saw a ton of of uh, tobacco special. Yeah, you accidentally do it. Trust me, you walk in there, nobody in that store is trying to sell you that. No, they're not. They're not. And they're not trying to no. push. Uh, you know, they're not trying to they, they they try to understand what you're looking for and then they mm-hmm. make recommendations on it. And uh, it's it's a very it's a big store. It's a busy store, but there's very much an old school vibe of the tobacco mm-hmm. that's going on there. Same thing when we went to Tampa. Um, it was the same thing when I went over to the Tampa store. Um, same same service we got there. Uh, yeah. It was um, Ir- 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 Irving was, I think, help me. Forget yep. Yeah, Irving, but he, he was great as well. Um, and when you walk in, it doesn't smell like a flavor infused cigar in there. So it's these are people buying it on websites. These are people yep. grabbing handfuls and leaving that are casual smokers. Yep. Um, these are women and men smoking it. Uh, yep. You know, bike week, bike weeks going on. It's a great representation yep. of of the actual consumption in the cigar business. And, and so when you look at you got Deadwoods and stuff in between. I mean, Davidoff's a massive company. Okay, yep. I don't think people realize how big they actually freaking are. Yep. And they're huge. So it's like you got Davidoff on top of this, and there's a couple of Deadwoods in between. You know, hey, that that's pretty reasonable. Probably if you look at type of numbers like that, there's Davidoff products that compete in that type of thing in that market. But if you took flavored cigars overall in the entire planet, I mean, it outdoes the entire premium cigar side of the business because yeah. I mean you can buy acids and things anywhere. Yep. Uh, but it's oh, really absolutely. it is really a synopsis of what actual people who smoke cigars yep. are grabbing and it's a good representation of the industry as well. And it's great how it breaks down. So I'm I'm definitely tuned in for that. That's gonna be cool and I, I would encourage people uh to have a retailer sit down and actually yep. talk about what they're selling is is a unique thing, especially a retail like that. Yeah, no, I agree. Like I said, I think it's the most transparent of all the lists out there from retailers. And I use that as a guide to say, what should I be reviewing? Like, I know I'm going to focus mm-hmm. a lot on what's new, but obviously I see something like Deadwood. I'm like, yeah, when Deadwood's come out, I'm going to be reviewing a lot more because people are buying them. And I know people read the reviews. So uh, I don't yeah, I never heard, Yeah, I never heard Jeff explain the list before. So I think we're very mm-hmm. excited about that to do that. Yeah, it should be fun. His opinion on it is going to be great because – I mean, the explanation is the numbers are what they are, right? So yeah. the actual what, yeah. how he how he sees it and how his team sees yeah. it 
and, and how he runs his business based off of that's going to be really interesting to hear. Yeah. He'll be very he'll be very honest about yeah. it. Yeah, and, and look, I make no bones about it. The coop list and the and look the bear list, and they're subjective lists. They're like what we smoked, right? And we go mm-hmm. based on it, and they they're subjective, and they should be subjective. But here's something that it's not a popularity contest. Like I see a lot of these like popularity contest things and you know it's obviously who is the most popular person and who can push it on social media to win the popularity contest this is like i said uh people actually paying with their dollar here and i'm seeing like i could see where they stack and the break it down by unit and cost is is fascinating as well to see that as well so Mm-hmm. Like yeah, so like I said, I, I know a lot of people look forward to that list. It's 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 a. I was it was funny because about a week ago, I was gonna ping Jeff and say, "Where's the list?" And then the next day he had it out. So, and then I, 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 I was, was the same way. I was anticipating. Now I live in Orlando and up, and that's where I started smoking. So I'm always excited about it. But I was the same way. I was like, "Like, where's this list? Where's this list?" Because I know we can run the numbers real quick, right? <laughs> so I'm like, yeah. "Where's the list? Where's the list?" Yeah, yeah. I was literally, yeah. you know, I didn't get to see him when I was in. Florida because again I was he was I think I but I was mostly in Tampa and you know I was basically valeting Jose for three days so <laughs> uh but we Jose did and I did get to the Tampa store on Sunday Sunday night um so and uh like I said it was I had not been to the Tampa store since Bear and I went a few years ago so it's been a while since I've been to the Tampa store oh that was the last time you went Coop it's crazy. yeah I don't get to t- like the last time I was in Tampa was for the Newman um uh, KMA 10 year anniversary show, and I did not get a chance to go. I was in the Ubor City the whole time, and I only could stay one night, so I had a, I had to leave. Um, for that, so this one I had a few more days, and Jose and I hit a few shops, and that was the one we hit uh, on Sunday. So, uh, so, so guys, I just got the hotel wall knock from the neighbor. Apparently, I'm talking too loud. Okay, well, we're at the end anyway, so we're done. Unless there's anything else you want, or Baird, is there anything else you wanted to mention I'm, before? I'm afraid to. I'm afraid no. to speak. Okay, Car- Carney stole my thunder with the 30th anniversary. I, I'm excited for the 30th, Carney. Whatever you guys have planned. Yep. Uh, you've you've known this for a long time about me, and and you know it's 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 the catalyst that started our friendship. But I know it goes beyond uh, yeah. the brand. But La Florida Mancana is my favorite brand. I make no bones about it. Um, it's great that it's been around for 30 years, and, and the Gomez family yeah. just continues to. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh put out some amazing yeah. cigars year in and year out. And uh we're smoking we're smoking one of the most special ones tonight. This yeah, uh, this was fan- this was unbelievable. This was fantastic. I went yeah. slower than you bear, but this is just a great it was a a great great again, this this series never disappoint Dave Burke, if you're listening, yes, I got a cigar for you coming your way with this. So uh I'll probably have to take care of the other coalition people as well. So we'll have to take care of them. But yeah. Uh we do appreciate that a lot. And like I said, uh I'm looking forward to partying with Lido. Because no one parties like better than you know Lito. He's a guy is abs. I can't keep up with him. He is a uh, he has just got more energy than me. So uh, and by the way, Jay Davis will be down there. Um, Jay along with uh, Eric from Dojo is going to be there this year. Nice. Oh, great. So I am going to I am going this year to La Romana. That's the first time I'm doing La Romana this year. So uh, they asked me to cover that piece, and they uh, so I'm covering that piece. So I'll see what that. I haven't done that part of the trip yet, but get, uh, Bear and I've been to La Romana before with Davidoff. So, so I've been to La Romana Bear in six years. So I'm excited about that. So last thing I want to end on, so I don't get knocked on again, yep. is uh, I got Chiefs thirty to twenty four. Yes, Bear Chiefs thirty five twenty four. Yep, Coop Chiefs twenty four twenty one. 
Yep. And uh, we will uh, we'll follow up after the big game. And uh, we got the Pro Bowl in Orlando this weekend. So that'll be going on. So that'll be exciting. The ex- yep. Pro Bowl activities. And then uh, Super Bowl weekends come, weeks coming up. So a lot of exciting stuff. Fun stuff cigar-wise. Um, enjoy the cigars. I know they're a little more challenging to get this year because they're in Las Vegas. And there's not a ton of retailers that have any type of online presence if you're uh, in other parts of the country, but the um, there's going to be a ton of people in Vegas. It's going to be one of the most lucrative Super Bowl weeks in the history of the planet. Yep. Um, so uh, really great time, really excited for this, and, and really excited to have the year started off the way it has for us at LFT. And thank you, gentlemen, for having me on tonight. And I'm going to go brush my teeth and get some sleep, and we'll go from there. Sounds good. Uh, and if you're friends, if you got friends who are at TPE, uh, have them pick it up for you is what I would advise. It's definitely worth it. Yep. Hey, with all the time fake Alan Rubin has, he can go over to all the stores and grab him. So just message him in the chat box here. He'll yeah. be right there to get there you him. Go. Yeah, just tag him. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> uh, Aaron Brooks and Matt Hasselback is the uh, got to be the quarter. Oh, that makes me want to throw up. Yeah, good yeah. grief. All right. Um, so with that, we're going to bring primetime special edition 155 to a close. Um, next week we will have a show, but it won't be a special edition. Uh, Abe's going to come on and we're going to just strictly dedicate uh, a special episode to the great smoke. So it's going to be a different format. Uh, it won't be the usual format, but we're going to do that for Abe next week. And, um, I guess I tune into the Jeff show on Thursday. All right. And that's going to wrap up primetime special edition 155 of the annals of history for this uh, Tuesday, January 30th, now Wednesday, January 31st on the East Coast. We'll catch everybody on the flip side. Take care, everybody. Bucket, chug it, football.